0: what's up moto buddies mike here from taco moto co who are we we make and sell the ultimate products to perfect out your austrian dual sport motorcycle um, a ktm exc excf xcfw husqvarna fe and fes and soon we'll be developing uh, some some products and components for the honda crf 450l rl and x bikes Uh, We build out bikes for our clients and friends from Sunday Trail Specials all the way up to fully equipped Global Slayers, like what RTW Paul is riding on as he uh, travels around the world on an EXC 500. In late 21, we'll be rolling out a full-service suspension shop as well as a motor program, full rebuilds, blueprinting, balancing, getting rid of the motor buzz and the big board KTM thumpers, top-end valve grindings, uh, the works, uh, we want to extend, ultimately, what we're after is to extend your ride day uh, and your endurance and your stamina and be able to keep you on the bike for more riding years. We've got a bunch of 70-year-old riders out there who, with our help, hopefully will be riding well into their 90s. Taco Modico, find us on the, spe- on the out on all the socials. Uh, go out and get some adventure.
1: The sound is not as good this week, only because Jimmy went to Rottweiler Performance, and he talked with some of the guys there. More importantly, Jimmy non-swamp-cooled head overheats about black helmets, winter fuel, and Honda's DCT transmission. The real horsepower numbers and how bikes should be built for crashing. Then a guy from Mexico gives us the secret for making the trophy instead of winning it. Thanks, Victor. You'll really have to listen to this show.
2: Live from Rottweiler Performance in Costa Mesa, California. Is this Costa Mesa? It, yeah, Newport, can I, Newport's we can 100 walk, feet that way. Rock across the street and hit Newport Beach. You're mm-hmm. uh, what, 50 cents a square foot. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is episode number 65. I'm Jimmy Lewis. Uh, I am here with Chris Parker from Rottweiler Performance. He owns this joint. He allows me to come down here every once in a while. And uh, do this show. And we have uh, Baja Diaries. Mark. Yeah. This Burn, is Baja Diaries. Burn Cannon. This is Baja Diaries. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got us live on. Where are we live on? We're now? live on Dirt Bike Test uh, Instagram. Oh, really? So
3: I'll just kind of put this for a while and then. Because the they end only end, let us go for a little
2: there. while. Instagram has short attention span. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me. If you're watching live, um, you probably know the drill. Uh, You can ask questions in the uh, chat room, and they somehow get relayed back to us. We can answer most of those. We have pre-programmed questions from the last week or so uh, that I have on some documents. and So if you comment on our YouTube videos uh, on the old shows and stuff, we go back, grab those questions, answer them for you. And tonight, we're going to do a slightly adventure bike focused one, because that's... uh, Are we qualified? you are qualified I think you're qualified I ride a lot and so does Mark and so does Heather and so we have uh we have uh I Heather. own a bunch of them you own a bunch of them yeah I, I own a bunch of them too yeah and so we have we have some semi-experts some people that know a little bit about what they're talking about so we can answer if you have questions about how to make your KTM better uh I think you can answer those yeah I can too and Mark, can you answer? The, you don't like KTM's. I just know how to get lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, and wear
3: and we're black in uh, 90 degree California heat. That's what I know how to do.
2: Yeah. I there's there's someone that watches this show an awful lot that really hates black helmets. He actually helps climb climb design helmets. Hates black helmets. Yeah. And I'm always wearing a black helmet. He's like Jimmy, what are you doing? And it's like, that's gotta, my problem I gotta keep though, gotta this helmets. thing. You gotta keep this thing cooled through it through that air conditioning. So I need to, the helmet has to heat my head up and it has to sweat and then I has to blow right out. It's like swamp cooler in, inside the helmet. Uh, so kind of back that, hey, um, a couple of important things. Uh, this show uh, would not be possible at all without the help of our sponsors and partners. Um, and one of them is KTM. And since you're the KTM guy, you get to do this part. Ooh. You get to do the KTM read. Okay. Can you do that. Cause, yeah. Because I usually have, I usually torture children mm-hmm. and make them read my co-host, you know, me. Yeah. He doesn't say anything, but I make him read that. So, see, it says KTM. You got to read that out loud.
4: Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality,
2: KTM is the world's
4: leading high-performance street and off-road motorcycle manufacturer. With North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California, over the years KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes with the help of rottweiler performance
2: <laughs> well, that might have been oh, a little i'm added. sorry didn't say I didn't that, say that. I okay. you can't read the rest of there's something else on there okay. um, man that was good logan did you hear that that was good oh you sound like a radio now too. i might have to
4: come out to brown now yeah take yeah. the
2: seat yeah right take, take the seat away um that was good, uh, so thanks to KTM, uh, they, they help us um, do this. Uh, another one i like to say thanks to is Climb. Uh, our last show, which was a disaster from the technical side, because of me, uh, was at Climb. I mean, the, the sound was horrible, the video was screwed up because we were doing it through the phone because the internet's broke, I came up there and like they have like, these two wires that come in. I think, to... to They're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, to, to Rexburg, Idaho, and I think I drove over one and put my motor home, and then we were, we had, we had a big problem. So I'm gonna try to get that, there was a lot of cool, we, had a, we talked about a lot of cool stuff that night. Um, I'm gonna try to get that one uploaded, I'm trying to salvage it off of my phone. Um, so if not, I'm gonna go up and redo it, because I'm going back up there to get my motor home, which is someplace in Pocatello, I don't know where. Martin, is my truck is it sunk into the ground yet? Actually, did you see a picture of his kids checking my motorhome out. I, I was hoping that they were like licking the bugs off the front bumper because I like kids to do that for, for me. Uh, so um, I'd like to. So climb, uh, climb hosts us last time. Climb climb makes really good gear. Do you know that? I I have a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, a junky closet full of it. And I won't let Mark wear it very often. No, uh, it's only for the pros. It's 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 the best gear and. I let, I let you wear the other stuff because I always wear the climb stuff because I want to. Good That's gear. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, actually I actually rode the Big Bear Trail
4: Riders thing last weekend with Troy Lee wearing all climb gear. Was Troy Lee wearing climb gear?
2: No. You were.
3: I uh, Just me. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, right, I have a question to, about I, that.
2: Hold on. Well,
3: Troy used to make a uh, dual sport they, adventure gear. They, they had adventure gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Wait, they, But they, now I don't see on their website anymore. I think they went through a redesign. I think they're coming back with something. I mean, they they've got some tough competition. I hope so, because Troy, I I had a jacket that lasted me about eight years on the trail, and now it's I can't wear. Now I wear a Stars (laughs) Alpine Stars. But um, I went to that website. Allegedly, that's
2: really good gear too. Well, yeah, because
3: I got good taste. <laughs>
2: <Sometimes>. <laughs> it's all black though, right? It's all black in the sun. Hey, so, so, uh, <laughs> one other thing about Climb is we have a challenge going on with them right now, or to you, a challenge to you. It's show Climb your junk. That's the hashtag you're supposed to use. And if you carry stuff in your backpack or your fanny pack or your tactical vest, and we want to see what you're carrying and we're gonna go through all the videos that we have and pick the best ones and someone is going to win. We're gonna have a panel of experts. I don't know where we're gonna find them, but we're gonna get a panel of experts and we're going to uh, watch all the different videos and somebody's gonna win a, a a new Climb Arsenal vest, which is new and redesigned. That's cool. So, have you done that yet? uh pack like the thing and take a picture of it and then you got to do a video and tell us what's, what's in there actually some of them are really good and we i've reposted a couple of them there was some stuff i saw that i'm like that's a really good idea like and didn't think of yeah and I like you know i i've been doing this for years and i'm still every time then that's what's cool about it. it's kind of like crowdsourcing so um if you do it tag uh dirt bike test uh hashtag uh, show climb your junk show climb your junk that's it yeah I'm pretty sure that's it. Show climb your jump. Mm-hmm. Hashtag that and then hashtag uh, climb as well and uh, we will look at those. And But tonight's the last night you can do it. So you're just gonna have to go out and hold your phone. It doesn't have to be fancy, we just wanna learn. We wanna see what people are putting in their, um, their backpacks and fanny packs and stuff like that. So uh, kinda cool Climb to partner with us on that and, and do that. And other kind of big news is um, Recluse is coming in. Recluse Clutches is coming in and starting to partner with uh, Dirt Bike Test and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Um, They are going to get like 10 or 12 more episodes uploaded onto SoundCloud so it becomes a podcast. Mm -hmm. Because it takes a little while for it to grow. It has to sink its roots and then grow into a podcast. So it'll get uploaded like our episodes... I think we have 30 to 50 up there and it sort of stops, so they're going to kind of 50 and bring it up to 60, 65. Um, <clears throat> we have some cool projects with them, so kind of watch for that. And uh, that's it for our sponsorship stuff. Now we can start talking about the, the, the questions. But, Chris, I have a question. No. You said, so I we were going to come here and talk about the Tenere, uh the Yamaha Teneray 700. At Chris's KTM only shop.
4: No, it's not KTM only. I got it's, Ducati it's a Ducati over
2: So we rolled, in, we rolled the the, the Tenere in here, and uh, and he was like, I've I've got it. I, I you can say how, I don't care how much you like it, Jimmy. Uh, it's not as good as a KTM. And then he pulled his trophy out from the Sonora Rally to, to I don't, with the I don't know if I said exactly that, but yeah, here's a trophy <laughs> from
4: the Sonora Rally with the 790. So yeah, if you can produce one for. A yeah, I'm on well, yeah. Tenere
2: wasn't available yet.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fair. Uh,
2: but you, you did bring some good tequila, too. I which, did. Which which will... We, actually, some people posted on your post when you mentioned that I was going to be here. You said, you better give Jimmy tequila, otherwise it's boring. So, uh, you keep working on that. He's got a fancy wrapper. And, uh, and yeah, the... That that is it's a, it's got a little booklet in there too because I got one of those we were out we're out doing some rally training and uh, one of my uh, friends helper guy I work with his mom uh, sent one of those out with him so uh, probably to keep me happy which nice it worked yeah <laughs> so that's, that's that's some nice tequila yeah um, so Rodney Johnson had a question. Um, he said, and you, you, as you pour, you can probably uh, digest this question. We just rode in Colorado on some gnarly, rocky passes up to about 13,000 feet. Traction and control and ABS kept switching back on. He said he disconnected the dongle and the system kept doing it. He stopped for lunch, did a more moderate climb and road ride, and they stayed off. Ever seen that before? We'll jump into the forums, but curious for your insights. So what bike is this? I'm pretty sure it's a 790 or a, or 1190. I don't know. You didn't tell me. There's no I'm, dongle for 790. Okay, then it's 1190 or 1090. So have uh, you ever? I my once I put them on, they seem like they work fine. Maybe I mean, it's
4: electrical component, so it can could it fail. Can fail, I suppose, but,
2: but the the connection could get a little. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty good plug. It's a really good yeah, plug in there. It's like a um, solid state thing. I uh, it, is it? And, and I've seen people that just have them bouncing around in there. That's probably not good. Oh it is yeah. is just. It's they got a, it's they got
4: a, give you a little mount that bolts to the frame that it sticks on with a rubber frame. Right. But some people just chuck it in there because they don't
2: want to take the side pot off to do that. Yeah. So uh, I, I have not seen that all the riding I've done. And you don't ride KTM's, so you don't know. Yeah, I don't have big ones. Thank you.
4: Uh, <laughs> there we go. I mean, we get we get calls all the time. You know, electrical components, you know, people, we get calls like this probably 10 times a day. Yeah. Not like this, exactly like this, but yeah. like, hey, I got this, I put something on, I got this electrical gremlin that's happening. And a lot of times it's, it's quits and dental. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's either caused by the part or they're, I mean, parts are faulty from time to time. Anything anything that's electronic and well, anything, anything, can anything, anything can fail. Anything can fail, yeah. yeah. If, a,
2: if you go to the internet, you're going to find out that 87% of riders have experienced this. But it's all from the one guy like you that actually went on there, and they go, "Oh, I heard about that," and then it becomes a, a bigger problem than it really is. But right. no, I've never. That's that's a, that's our first one for me. Yeah, we don't get calls about those about the tones like yeah, that. Yeah. No. So, uh, Rodney, hopefully that answered your question. Um, if you have uh, if you have more than and you're listening or watching, uh, kind, of, kind of throw it in there. But um, I. You know, and like you said, he disconnected it and it kept doing it. Stopped for lunch, did a moderate climb and a road ride. Then they, then it stayed off, which means maybe it was heat-related. You know, I mean, that's like funny because like electrical components sometimes don't necessarily like heat. What, what do we just go through with, oh, the... the I mean, the, you don't know if there's a bent pin in the thing. Yeah. You know, things like that. I mean, it's...
4: We go through this stuff all the time and it's really tough to do so with a phone because... Everyone who talks
2: to us swears they didn't do anything wrong, you know? You no, know, you know what the answer is? <laughs> when, when they come and they, they come with a problem, and you want to know the tech answer? What's that? What was the last thing you did to the bike? Yeah. And that's usually going to march you straight down the avenue to your solution. Uh, so um, My favorite one is like, hey, I put your stuff on 3,000 miles
4: ago, and now, now my bike is doing this. Yeah, <laughs> and, but it was fine for three thousand miles. Yeah, <laughs> and we are more than people they call.
5: <laughs> well, it's because they put your stuff
2: on the bike. Yeah, three thousand miles ago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mark, this question is directed to you. It was about our our um, CRF two hundred and fifty L impression. Mhm. Uh, it's from Precision Rifle Network, and he asked, "Good review, but why does the audio sound like you're underwater?"
3: uh depends on what part and if i remember right um <laughs> I did a voiceover, but then I did some audio up in the hills. and yeah. He's talking about that.
2: But you're not a professional audio engineer. You're you're a professional go get lost guy.
3: No, but I would direct him to maybe the Husqvarna video where he can leave his hate. <laughs> oh, really?
2: The 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 Husky 701. I 100? send everybody to that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that your most viewed video?
3: Yeah, they can just well, no. That actually the most viewed is the uh, 250L. Really? It's like 280,000 views.
2: You're 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 a a legend among small adventure bike riders.
3: Yeah, I'm popular in India.
2: What was that? Uh, Oh, you've got a thing. uh, (laughs) That's 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 more technical. (laughs) That's more technical. Oh, (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) yeah, I, I knew you had ammunition. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now you? we have drops. Right? Yep. This show just reached a whole new level. We now have drops. So <laughs> Let's just, don't <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say cheers to you. I was gonna say cheers. Thank nice you be for the, the nice tequila. tequila. Cheers. Yeah, oh, the tequila already. And you have studio laughter. Uh, did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, cry. live again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said since we were gonna come here, we're gonna try to keep the show on the up and up, it really Not nice a chance. and high quality. Not a chance. Okay, so so I got another I got another one here. Yeah. It's a um a guy named Rick Germain says if there's a better bike reviewer than Jimmy Lewis, I haven't seen him or her yet. Well, yeah. he hasn't met me. Hold on, <laughs> you get to do yours later tonight. We might actually do it here. I'm we may kidding. actually do it here in and do the Yamaha review in the KTM shop after it's all said and done. So I just don't want to throw that out there, just toss that out there. <laughs> but no, the, 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 it's funny because the small adventure bikes on the YouTubes and stuff get tons and tons of views. The, the, our 390 video is probably one of our largest, because those people, they're, they're, they're entry level and this is what a lot of times, we've been in this industry for so long you literally forget that there's people that don't even know how to get in. They don't even know which door to open to come in to mm-hmm. to visit, to join. And and I learned that when I started looking at the numbers of you know what people were looking at. You know, if you if you know, like a lot of our people that are watching us, they they, they, they know there's a red one, there's a green one, there's an orange one, and there's yeah. a blue one, mm-hmm. and they want to know which one's the best. Mm-hmm. And they know which dealer to go to and they know everything. But I mean we encountered in our school Sometimes people walked into the first motorcycle dealership they came across because they wanted to ride a motorcycle and they bought a BMW GS 1200 <laughs> as their first dirt bike. Jeez. And because they just they just didn't, because that's what the, 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 the sales guy said, oh yeah, look at these guys rode around the world on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Okay, yeah, I kind of want to ride around the world, maybe just down my street and out of the dirt, but that's good, okay, I'll take one of those. And they didn't know there was a smaller bike here. Well,
3: I, I want to add to that because I got some flack on that the, uh, what bike was it recently, the 390, uh, people were asking me, well, why are you dumbing this bike down? Like, why are you, because I did in my video address teenagers. Yeah. I addressed uh, women, you mm-hmm. know, especially uh, because I looked at my own family. I go, yeah. well, my kids want to go, they're teens. What bike would I get them? So I wanted to really focus my video on that and I got flat for it. People were like, well, why are you making this into a girls' or like a kid's bike? And I'm like, no. Cause it could be. It could be, yeah. yes. And, and if you listen to the video correctly, you can see that I'm trying to open the window. I'm trying to help the motorcycle industry yeah. sell more bikes. And uh, so that's why I went into that, but you're always gonna have the guy, the horsepower guy
2: who wants to go fast and talk about, you know. Yeah. And there's some, pe- some people that, that I, I see, I see yeah, have, but there's some people that have that bike, you know, that that's the bike they got and they're kind of, they're kind of happy with it, and, yeah. fits them, and then all of a sudden you call it a girl's bike or an entry level bike, and it's like, well, look what's behind us. I mean, you know, and that, that's, that's sort of the next step. I mean, if you go 390, then you're going to be at 790, 700, something like that. And then it's like, then there's, you know, 1090, 1190, and then there's 1290. I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of stair steps and those, those displacements don't necessarily mean more and more advanced to a certain extent, because... The 790 may be the most, you know, in the KTM lineup may be the most advanced one currently. Yeah. Out well, 1290 is kind of ridiculous. I think it's, yeah, um, there's probably a new one, you know, newer one soon, you know, but but that that's the newest, that's the newest, latest, greatest. Oh yeah. And and that's what they're working on. But um, yeah, there's a, well, you know, because you just produce hate videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, yeah, the, where, where do they where do they find your hate videos? I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> one It's not in baja it's diaries. Uh, not in
3: baja diaries. It's YouTube. a Berm cannon adventure. Berm adventures. Yeah. And <laughs> you bring no. your hate
4: and. Well, I mean, isn't the 390 bill as an entry level? Yes. I mean, they they, yeah. they so much as say so. A lot of time, entry level means young people. Lot, you know, if usually women getting into the sport, you yeah. know, they're gonna go for something that's a little bit lighter, maybe and, easier to ride. And there's,
2: there's, there's, to ride. there's a lot of very seasoned riders. Who really don't want to pick that bike up? Yeah, they don't need the power. They they they've done it. You know, I, and it's I, intimidating too. A lot of the a lot of the guys that, that I rode with when I was my twenties. So we're talking about Crazy Nate and Dick and those guys. Some of them passed along, and some of them are still riding. I don't know any of them that are riding big adventure bikes. They're riding CRF two thirties, Yamaha TTR two two fifties. Um, they're cutting their seats. They're lowering their suspension. They're running dead mooses in their tires. So they just don't go fast anymore. They don't need to. They want to go ride. They're just getting out and riding.
1: They're 70 and 80.
2: Yeah, they're 70 and
4: 80. Yeah. Years old. I actually rode with uh, in the, this Big Word Trials run this weekend. I rode with uh, uh, Ricky Johnson, Jeff Ward, Troy Lee. Jeff Ward was on a KLR 230. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's the only thing from Kyle, so I can get the street legal. And he was... <laughs> I had to stop that's riding sad. behind him because I was laughing so hard that's sad. watching him wheel this bike. <laughs> and he was wheeling the thing. And he was going just as fast as
2: anybody else on a bone stock. And that, that's, 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 something, that's something that people kind of you know, like. So so we were on, we were doing an adventure ride, we were on 700, and I was on my 1190. And you'd think I could just yank or anytime I wanted to. Just, no. You, you never, you, once, you're, once you're above like 250 cc's, uh, you've got enough to pretty much do what you need to do sure It's not going to go to the same crazy speeds or anything like that, but it will do the job and you just mm-hmm. Point it out although you are talking about a Supercross champion <laughs> <It was. laughs> yeah, I got a question about that Victor asked um, Victor asked about that particular trail ride. He said um, Where did he say that? Oh, yeah, I wonder how Rottweiler bike did on Gold Mountain Trail on Saturday morning uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you answer that? Gold Mountain Trail. Do you remember we, that?
4: We didn't. I didn't ride the. I didn't ride the 790. There was a guy there, uh, Travis Brock, who does uh, on every Sunday. I think it is on every Sunday. Uh huh. He does this kind of series of videos, and, and he's got a, a KTM 790 that he rode in that. He did 120 miles. Uh huh. I don't know if he did Gold Mountain, but he was uh-huh. the only one. There was another guy riding the 790, and I there was an adventure route. Oh, so it wasn't you. Victor's yeah. not
2: talking about. He's talking about a Rottweiler bike or a
4: bike thing. Yeah, you know, he's got a, a
2: lot of Rottweiler stuff on it. Victor, um, Victor, yeah. See, we Victor. Oh, he's in here, so he's not in Facebook jail. Victor goes to Facebook jail. Like oh a, yeah. He's he's probably a felon. Which yeah. one, Victor? Uh, Victor? Victor, Victor, uh, Victor Andre. Yeah, he he's, he's Mexican dude. He's not a dude. felon. He, he, uh, he's, no, he's, he's not a Facebook, felon. Facebook, Facebook felon. Facebook felon. But he's not a felon. No, no, he's not a felon. He's just a Mexican. <laughs> Same thing, right? Bad. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <Bad. laughs> <laughs> Racist. <laughs> <high. laughs> I knew I was picking on you, Muriel. <laughs> um, yeah, so so yeah, he was curious. He, he must have been riding with the guy. Well, he was he trying was to do
4: the whole thing, the, the actual hard route. Yeah. Uh, he did 120 miles of it. He laid it over and at one point, the uh, check valve and the gas cap stuck. Uh-huh. Uh, and it kept and then starving the bike oh vacuum vacuum starving it so he had to ride with the cap open and then he had an anti-gravity battery restart which are great batteries but uh i think his fans are running so much and he and i think he outran the battery and they run they, they run down to a level where they shut off uh-huh. and they, they do that to protect the bike right but the problem is is in some situations you're overrunning the generator's ability to kind of recharge things and you're running everything down and if it hits that it shuts the bike off Huh. So I think he. Um, they're great batteries if, yeah, for yeah. most
2: situations, but so, if you're... So the the brand of the battery remove mm-hmm. that the seven ninety can run its fan enough to run the battery down. That's what we think. In in extreme, extreme. There's two
4: fans on that thing, and there was, you know, there's headlights and there's other things. And And so he's
2: like, he's like, oh, installing fan keeps running, keys on, lights on, yeah, stopped without turning the key off, kind of thing. Probably, yeah. And it it basically what they do is they
4: just shut off at a certain, at a certain voltage to so you can restart it, but you know, in certain rare situations it can work against you. But he did 120 miles of it. I asked him if he thought he could do the whole thing. He, He said he wasn't sure, but there's like 38 special. You know about this thirty? I've ridden all those
2: trails, but I don't know the don't know. There's some thirty special, special that's an up and up and back that's super tough. It's, it's just, just all loose and rocky, and yeah. it's so dry up there right now. We did that's where we that's where we did the Tenere intro was up in the mountains up there, and we we rode mostly like quad slash two track, you know, more easy stuff. None, none of that. We rode one section of quote single track, mm-hmm. but um, uh, not too much. So yeah, uh, interesting. I, I I mean the the. The funny thing is, with I was gonna say, that the fuel boil? We opened it up and it, it did. Go yeah, out. yeah, 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 yeah. Because we, so we had on our ride back, um, and and this is something that Chris real warned us about. Like you he said, hey, the the um, the the fuel we have a over, we have a request from the field. Somebody getting a little thirsty out there. <laughs> um, so. There's there's an overstock of winter blend fuel that's not getting burned off, and so a lot of our fuel I step up, no problem there. <laughs> um, so that fuel boils a lot easier than the summer blend fuel. And Which fuel? The winter blend fuel. So you know you know in really? a lot of states there's winter blend and there's summer blend fuel. Mm-hmm. Even in California. In oh absolutely in California. Yeah, and and it's it's mostly and Chris can probably correct me if he's on here because he usually does um, the 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 winter blend fuel is made so that your car starts easier when it's cold mm-hmm. and it all but it also has a it has a um, a lower boiling, lower boiling point. point yep and so mm-hmm. and then the summer blend of course just and it, it I, I don't know the specifics uh, hmm. I'll have to get Chris back on to answer that but so so we got down we're we're literally a mile from the gas station after like a 200-mile 100 what, 190... Yeah,
1: 195, or 192.5.
2: 192 or miles, but we were doing like 80 miles an hour on the highway and and into headwind, gnarly, and her bike just... <laughs> and, and, Which and bike stopped. was it? The generator. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, we were getting... We were kind of budgeted 230, 220 is what we kind of calculated out from all of our other stuff because yeah. we also came into a town late at night, not late at night, oh, yeah. five... 525, yeah. or no, five 515, it 515, closed at five. Yeah. And the only gas station in town was closed at five. And, but yeah. we, ended up, we ended up getting gas at the bar. Yeah, you know, you always get gas at the bar. There's somebody will <laughs> come out and get you gas. So, but that was, that was the one where, that was 245, yeah. 250 or something like that, where we got there. But anyway, so, the reason, mm-hmm. and when we stop and we open the tank up, same thing, mm-hmm. and and you could hear it boiling inside there. So it wasn't totally out, but the gas was boiling. And all of a sudden, fuel doesn't go through a pump very well, and it's in bubbles. Right, and a lot of
4: times, see that like these things, they got those little kind of like beep like little check valves with the thing in there, mm-hmm. and if you if, if it
2: fills with pressure and you bump the thing, they yeah, just get it's locked the, it's solid, it's, yeah, and really it really blows right. up. I've seen, my, take I've seen apart. my Husaberg, the one I love, you know that Husaberg 570. Mm-hmm. Ever remember one of those? Yeah, no. They make a lot of power. I mean, you have a stuff that makes a lot of power in here, <laughs> nothing, nothing like a can 5.7. Mm-hmm. When, when you get like three quarters of the way up and you go that last quarter, you know. But it, it can boil fuel too, because it's got a gas tank that wraps around the motor and the mm-hmm. exhaust pipe does stuff. But that thing, you know, it, it would, it would, you know, you just watch the tank and I've seen guys in KTMs with a radiator shroud start making weird shapes They're like, look at my radiator shrouds. And it's like, look at your tank, it's like a balloon. <laughs> So, um, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, kind of something to know. But uh, Victor says, how many Sonora Rally trophies do you need? Uh, let me call your my cousin Pedro. <laughs> Victor, yeah, I need, I need one. Uh, I'll get you the, I'll take a picture of the graphic and uh, tell him to get his carving <laughs> knives out. <laughs> Victor is a good guy. He got me some. He got. He brought us an old old bottle of tequila when he came to the uh-huh. when he came to the show. Yeah, he rode a flat track with us and uh, it was all good. So uh, Rodney says it was a 1090R that he was having problems with on his um, on his dongle. So uh, not had that problem before. If you if you're having problems with your dongle, you might want to talk to <laughs> a, a, a doctor. Hit a hit a drop. Yeah, drop. A what? A drop. That's called a drop when you make make a noise. Oh. The, uh, the one about the dongle. Don't you have a drop for that? <laughs> I, I'm gonna read another question. So um <laughs> yeah, I got a dolphin. Is that a, yeah. a dolphin? Yeah. yeah. A dolphin. I, I don't have a dolphin and uh I don't have a dolphin at home either. Uh you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So Randy Frisch, Fish says, Chris, did you ever make the burrito warmer for the KTM 950? You used my bike for the template. Oh, he's talking about the doghouse toolbox that we had. Uh, no,
4: we we looked at it and it was we had we made a toolbox for the 990. So our intake like made enough space once you used to put our intake on it made enough space for that toolbox. Right, Remember right. that thing? Yep. So a lot of guys wanted them for the 950s. The problem was the diaphragm on the back of the the carburetor stuck back so far it only left like that much room and we just right. we just never ended up making one you know there's we get hit up every once in a while we say you man you should make this for the se2 950 something or other and it's like yeah we'll sell like all about three of them you know there's a lot of stuff we'd love to do but why is it
3: why is it called a burrito warmer because it sits right above the head oh because that sounds like a great idea actually
4: well we used to tell <laughs>
2: people used to ask us
4: like what what kind of what well, can I get put it in here? Does it doesn't get your
2: hot. Exhaust, your exhaust pipe look let me listen to this. I've done this before. Actually I knew a guy, this old guy that he that, that rode with my buddy up in Mammoth and he he had all these little contraptions that he actually in his Honda muffler he welded in a little container and he'd put a can of soup in there. Really? And, and he'd warm his soup up in the morning and he'd go ride and he you know have his soup. But you can just take you can just take tinfoil and your burrito and just lay it on your header. I did it with a hot pocket once. Yeah. In Takati. Yeah. I just put some just tinfoil did. around the whole thing yeah, and rode around it for a little while. You don't you just do it when you stop and it usually yeah. it'll, it'll it'll unfreeze a burrito if you do the flips and stuff and the tinfoil does not get hot enough, you have your gloves on, you can mm-hmm. you can cook a burrito, oh. no problem. I've done it. Yeah, um, we, we used we to tell
4: people they'd ask us what they could put in there. We we would say burrito's good, ice cream bad. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: uh,
2: Kyle McCoy. Uh, Kyle McCoy is a Dakar finisher by the way, Um, Wow! he's he's come and done my rally navigation training Uh, He was at an event we were at last week. So Jimmy when will you do a mechanical class as you saw last weekend I can use it and nobody better than you guys to do this demand exists. Let's do it Um, So Kyle had a tip over in ruts We were riding in a really rutted out kind of actually it was ruts because the cows were all walking up the road This is in Wyoming and and it made really steep ruts. I think he tipped over in the rut and he had a a, a a large gas tank on. And you know how the KTM's they have the bolt that goes through the center. Mm-hmm. It actually tore the tank off that bolt. Mm-hmm. And it, it was strange because it actually it actually the, the rubber grommet that was in there went into the tank and the bolt was just sitting there. <laughs> but anyways, we unbolted it and then I I'm, when I came up on him and he's like he's like my bike doesn't run. That's weird. And, like what happened he goes, well, I tipped over. It didn't make sense. So you know, we started up and kind of like revved it a few times, and it started up and it revved. But the minute I went started riding forward um, up the hill, it and I'm like, oh, it's weird. It's like it's like it's flooding out because the gas was splashing out of the tank, running down the frame backbone. And it was so it was warm enough to where it would expand and enrich the bike up. But I, I got the bike up. I turned around. You know, and revved it out again, because I still didn't know. I, I couldn't see the gas spilling down between my legs, you know, because I was, wasn't really looking at it. I'm like, this how would the tip over cause it? Rode down, and it rode fine, because all the gas went into the front of the tank. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't a, it wasn't splashing in the back. But it was smaller. It was staying up in the front. So it ran lower, that little voltage. ran fine, yeah. Huh. So I'm like, oh. Uh, it's, it's gas, but when I came back, you could see gas was dripping out. I go, the tank's broken. It's spilling gas, and I don't know how it's getting in the airbox, but it was just hot enough to where it was probably getting on the engine, vaporizing, and then just causing, you know, it the, the, just couldn't, the bike couldn't, you, you know, it was, it was super rich. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure, okay, gas tank's broken. So it's easy to take a gas tank off with one bolt, <laughs> and we realized what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, we, um, my, I can fix this. I got, you know, I got JB well, you know, so I, I usually have the gas tank stuff, but I didn't have the gas tank stuff. But it was pretty screwed up in there. But I just, you know, I, what I did, which was kind of wrong, I, I would have done it differently had it the second time, is I m- mixed up enough of it. To, to smash it and completely seal that hole up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it was enough to make it so it wasn't gonna spill out. And he had to go probably 50 miles to get back, but there was a big tank, so there's probably enough in there. So we smashed it in there and filled up that hole. Dumb, dumb Jimmy. Uh, didn't realize that, you know, that post on the frame, uh-huh. that tank now that's like a solid thing. It can't, you know, the post, it, the tank can't drop down. I should have put a stick or something in there oh, yeah. and, and created a crevice so that hole, and then you can almost, you wouldn't want to bolt it back on, because you don't want to upset that thing. Uh-huh. But it worked, he rode all the way back in. Huh. So, and then what else do you need? Oh, he borrowed our gas tank off of our 350 to, to ride the next day, but, mm-hmm. yeah, Kyle. Um, I, the, the mechanical class is kind of like that. It's a very, very unique situation. And, and that's a lot of times, you know, anytime, just like the dongle, it's just a weird one-off fluke thing, and we've all done it, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've all had your weird experience where you had to, 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 to jimmy rig a, a, a situation. I've had a clutch cable housing fray, you know, the, the outer housing fray, and all of a sudden the cable doesn't work anymore because it doesn't have anything to, you know, the out mm-hmm. you know, so what do you do? We wrap fence wire around it and duct taped yeah. it on. You know to stiffen it back up to get it to work so it's like it's kind of it's i think some some people just have that that innate you know macgyver, ability MacGyver yeah you ever see the fix i did on Simon cudby's 790 no
4: there was a he I was riding behind him in the coming out on the road and all of a sudden his bike went it just went sideways and i'm Looking at him and I'm watching him, I'm like, what on earth? And I, I, I heard stories about like subframe bolts coming out. Mm-hmm. So I thought a subframe went sideways. Because yeah. the bike, you ever seen a truck where the axle's sideways? Yeah, yeah. Like this, yeah, yeah you know? So and I'm watching what the hell is. He? So we, we couldn't find a shoulder. We finally found the shoulder. And I look at his subframe bolts, they're all there. His We had gone down to Punta uh, put San Francisco and back the day before. And he's like, he's like, he's like, man, this thing's kind of a rattle trap. You know, and I'm, I'm like, well, it's pretty, really tight. Like, you know, I could figure, well, the bolts, the swing arm bolts, both came out. Both. So one had come out, because they, they, they use like a... It pinches itself. Like, one's kind of one's kind of p- compressed. One's no, like, they, there's, well, usually, what I do is I red Loctite one and blue Loctite the other, and then I mark them red and blue, so I know what's what. Okay. So, so I basically create one Yeah, I know, I know it's a centering, it's a centering thing, but, but I, I thought one of them was,
2: I thought one of them was
4: the, what you know, it? Squedged? The 690 shock linkage is like that. So one bolt, one nut it's is is kind of swedged, swedged and the other on the one end isn't. End. Well, okay. both of them had come out and the thing had <laughs> worked its way out and the whole thing went sideways on. It. And so we took sockets and, and and safety wire and put sockets in and ran safety wire in and out of it and twisted it all and just pulled it all together. And we went another 700 and something miles with that fixed. Rigged. Rigged. Holy rigged. Yeah. So um, All the way out to the Cuatro Casas and everywhere else so and we fixed a clutch with a leather uh, shoelace
2: Have oh yeah done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah done that before too i've yeah. actually cut a clutch base out of a vw body a what vw body there's a there's old junkie vw like playing mm-hmm. in something inside of the town or something like that we actually cut with tin snips cut out and manufactured a, Boy, lock, a, clutch a plate. locking plate a plate <laughs> that locked the whole thing together I believe it and it was it was you know the crudest thing you've ever seen But we just beat it in with a hammer and locked it up and it was like bump start and go You're going down the road seat. see <laughs> uh, hey do you know someone named Todd Kelly I do not he, he, he loves your content okay yeah, see he I said, got he guy out of the loving room the room. content he says yeah he says I'm, I'm one of his favorites too but he, he likes yours better um, let's see uh, somebody said the place looks good. Oh, you're gonna do more promoting, marketing, yeah, give, me that, give me that button thing here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <you're right>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to thank Chris. For <laughs> I want to thank Chris for letting us come down here and do this because uh, um, otherwise I'd be in my garage and it would sound like I was in a garage. I have, I have to, to a say, twelve year old
3: kid, this is probably the most. Uh, elaborate stage set that you've ever had on
2: TikTok because you came into it when it was in my in my shop yeah my shop isn't Sano it's just get stuff done. well
3: I came, I found you when I saw this guy in this dark little bar with like a a, a jukebox behind him that's your original oh,
2: actually, yeah yeah, yeah. That so cool. at, at Ramirez Bar in, yeah you know, have, we, have we been there I haven't been there. We no. should go there if they ever, you know, if they if it ever turns into a real bar again. I mean, but Janie, Janie, my bartender and my pool girl, because she, she fixes the things in my pool. My, 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 I have a Walmart pool. It's like 260 bucks and it gets leaks. Is it above <laughs> ground? No, oh, a long story. We yeah, above ground, it, ground we'll, we, we should go to our house. We'll do, we'll do, yeah,
4: abo- above ground, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, come on. That's the difference. That's, that's <laughs> the the delineator right there. Above <laughs> ground, below ground.
2: Yeah. I don't yeah. have carbon fiber things,
1: Chris. WT. You know? WT. Yeah, easy there, Heather. <laughs> she
2: lives in close to Newport Beach. I live close to Las Vegas. <laughs> um, so, uh...
4: I, got, a, I gotta give a shout out, like literally everyone that's tuned in, I know. I want to give a shout out to Martin Gomi, haven't seen you in a while. Mike Stein, haven't seen him in forever. Love you, oh, buddy. you want to know where to
2: find Martin Gomi? You go to Randsburg and there's a bar, and there's a bar stool. With his name on it, but you can't see the name because he's usually sitting on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then he. I just he, go, I just go in there for a lunch, you know, every once in a while. He's got
4: a hotel there. Mark Daniels, how you doing, buddy? Love you. Mariel Parker. Uh, I think I know her.
2: <laughs> hey, I got Tanks. a question. Grant Shelby, Shelby wants to know. Shelby wants to know what kind of power are we cooking up with the Red Bull Beauty on the stand behind you? Right oh here. Yeah, you're the one who put it there. It's another one of those marketing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of, like, power? Yeah, we're power, power. power. Uh, Shelby wants to know. Uh, to, the, to the tire.
4: Where are we at with this? I'd have to pull up my, let me pull up my records. I think we're, <laughs> I got my dyno charger right here, literally,
5: <laughs> actually. <laughs> I think it's somewhere. Always I something out there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah,
4: 852. Um, I think we're somewhere around. God, I can't remember. We're somewhere in the 80s, low 80s, I think, with this bike. Yeah. The, the Duke, for whatever reason, makes. They're, the only the, difference is. The 890 is, Duke. Well, the 890 Duke makes a lot more horsepower than the 790. The 790 Duke makes more horsepower than these things. And it's, it's got a different cam, it's got right. larger throttle bodies, and, larger, and shorter, larger velocity stacks. Uh, probably some different programming, too. The 890 makes substantially more horsepower than that. That thing is putting like 110 to the ground. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. The differences between that and the 790 Duke are huge. Like oh, literally listen, 12, just, 10 horsepower. So, stuff. So, just for, so
2: just since we're talking about like horsepower numbers, just get a reference on stuff because I'm going to relay this back to traction and what you really need or what you do or don't need. More. Um, <laughs> more, yeah. Of course, you need more here. It's all you talk about is more. We argue about this all the time. You tried to give me more, and I, I, I gave it back to you. and said I want better. It, 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 we do better and, too. We do better. Better is good. So, so what does? Uh, so you're going to say the 790 is know, what's average? 790. Just stock, rough. I'm,
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it out. You're gonna, you're here. gonna give me
2: an exact number. Just give me a rough, a rough number. Oh, 70 something, I want to say. Okay, so 70 for the 790. What does uh, 1090, 1190 make? Oh, here we go, here we go, hold on, hold on. He's, go, he's going through, he's got hundreds of dino runs. There's dino charts, looks like looks like a DJ in there. Okay. Uh, I'm <laughs> just trying to keep going with these drops. This is good, I'm gonna have to get something <laughs> like this. Okay, I was way off, sorry. Uh, 84. Eighty four with the seven ninety. Eighty four, bone stock with the seven ninety. Okay, and then and then so so I think the the ten ninety and eleven ninety are about a buck 10, 100, 110 Yeah. For seven horsepower. Um. What does a three ninety make? Like you know the Duke three ninety, is thirty five.
0: Ah, I don't
4: think I have one of these on file. Yeah. Actually, I have yet to dyno the three ninety. <laughs> That's going on the dyno. The next, adventure. So. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Can I ask uh, simple question absolutely Um, so adventure bikes why would somebody want more horsepower besides e like for ego like for me I mean I get it but what what does it do I mean are we talking like can you add more uh, characteristic Power is that what you were going to talk it's,
2: about? It, it, it's, it's it's funny because it, you know if you if you pay attention to the show, you listen to this thing. You, you know my answer is like you want more power. What do I tell you to do? Twist it further. Turn the throttle farther. That's the yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> so so I always say turn the throttle farther because most of the time when people are talking about how much power their bike has, I promise you they're not at peak RPM. Number one, that's usually number one. and most of the time their throttle isn't all the way on. A lot of times they'll roll the throttle on, but they're not letting it rev up because it, most bikes, you turn the throttle the way you rev it up. It goes, it's very rare that the average guy, the regular person, goes all the way to the peak power and then maybe even to the rev limit. Or some bikes run up to it. This is this is not just adventure bikes. This is any kind of motorcycle. But there's then we come to this aspect of torque because that's what you really feel. You know, you're feeling kind of the torque and how much. That's how much it pulls. And you, you know it's 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 drivability and with the bigger bikes you can you can achieve that the power you need to go where you want to go at a lower rpm and you have a lot left in reserve so when you pull out past the truck right you know that's it or you want to cruise down the highway at a little higher speed without feeling like you're straining the bike's nuts you know ie the 790 uh, goes down the road above you know speed limits in every state all day long easy it's, it's never, it's never, you know, the 390 can get up to all those speed limits and stuff. You just feel like you're it straining it. just takes longer. Just, yeah, and, and, yeah, and then the acceleration, but, and that's on-road. Once you go off-road, that's where traction comes into play. And once you go above, I, my, my guess in my world is like 50 horsepower. I don't know a tire and I don't, you know, know a traction control system that's gonna allow you to have any more right any more feel i mean you know like a good ktm 500 you know goes about it will accelerate just you know you you start lining all these bikes up and go down a dirt road and roll it on and stuff like that it's the guy that's best on the throttle like rolling it on that gets up to that wherever traction you know decides to stop because you can take an 1190 go like this and go backwards literally yeah yeah. you know you can go like this and your bike is starting to dig a trench and the guy it's on the 390, rolls it on and walks away from you. Or a bike that has traction control that senses that stuff, just rolls away So is that, well, that something that that when people
3: call you, like is that something you ask them basically, okay, like what are you doing, what kind of riding, where would you like this power? Is that something you... Well, no, see, the thing of it is, is like you can,
4: where you would like the power, you know, was gonna come in with like diameters and lengths of headers, types of cams, that sort of thing. As far as like where the way we approach it is basically we don't approach it like we're gonna get you a ton of power and it's all a hundred percent throttle and it's all a yeah, red yeah. line, you know. That's that's a little bit ridiculous. What what we do is is really these bikes, because of a lot of emission stuff, um, you know, just conversations for racing purposes only, yeah. Um basically the, the bikes because they're so lean on the bottom and closed loop, and, and these days closed loop is getting larger and larger and larger. It used to be the closed loop was just kind of a smaller portion up to like maybe 5,000 RPM and 20% throttle, where the, basically the motor is relegated to running at 14.7 AFR, which is fine, but it's lean, it makes the bike run hot, it makes it run lethargic, it makes it run jerky. So the way we approach it is what we do is we try to make the bike tractable run well, run smooth, you know, like if you look at any, any of the comments on our website, like the reviews of like our dongles or like power commanders, most of the comments are like the bike runs so much smoother now, it doesn't stall, it doesn't it doesn't flame out, um it's a lot smoother on the bottom. It's not jerky anymore. The byproduct is power. So really like we like Jimmy actually corrected me a number of years ago and he's like he's like you keep selling horsepower, you need to sell like tractability and, and how the thing runs and, and and it was kind of an accident that I was making. It. I'm like, you're, "You're right, you know." So what the thing of it is is that by altering the fuel and getting the fuel to, to be get delivered properly and at in, in the right ratio, that is going to make the most tractable and best power. The byproduct is also power. So it's kind of like uh, by you, you know you, you get you, you, can you can have, have your cake and you, 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 can have you, you can you have, both, yeah. have both. You can absolutely have
2: both. And and from riding, you know. Highly tuned factory race bikes, the best bikes in the world. In having ridden the stock one that that's built off of, and realizing, oh, they're getting they're getting a lot of power here, but they're making it tractable. They're always making. Yeah. It's really rare that you find a good, well-tuned bike. You know, whether it's 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 you know, off-road, we just don't have the traction that they have on-road. So that when you when you're doing something on the pavement or on a dyno, you have a lot of traction to work with. But that often turns to wheel spin. You know, yeah. it's not delivered properly. So it's a lot about drivability. And and we I remember like when we started started talking about this, it was like I can get more. I'm like, no, you don't need more. You need to make it. You need to make that. And it wasn't it wasn't the horsepower curve. It was the torque curve. You need to you can flatten that sucker out. You get it to about here. You know whatever that was, and you can just run it flat across there. And that bike is gonna it's gonna always you know at that point it's always gonna have pickup, and that's where you start working on throttle response and. Well, the the truth is like we have a lot of different kinds of customers and we have the
4: hooligan guys that are are totally irresponsible and they want as much horsepower as they can get and they don't even know what to do with it. Are we going to say, no, we're not going to sell to you? You know, of course not. We're going to say, yes, we can make a thing for you. For sure. You've got guys. I mean, a lot of what we do. Makes the bike easier to wheelie. It's wheelies easy. are fun, <laughs> and to have a bike that wheelies easier <laughs> stirs dopamine. And as we know, we're all in this sport for dopamine. Yeah, no yeah. one needs a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I there's- do. You, no, I do. Well, you know what? You know what the <laughs> math is. I, I need that dopamine. That's how I would get it. Yeah. Well, you, you know what the math is for the amount of motorcycles a man should
2: own? No.
4: Plus one. <laughs> well, it's always plus one. What about if your wife? It's wants a cons cycles. Plus, plus two. Yeah, must do. Right, Um, but there's there's all kinds of customers that we try to cater to. We don't like a lot of times we we do get pigeonholed in like making power, making power. And it's like no, we we do focus on making them tractable. the 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 way you go about both making a bike tractable and making power is really the same. So it's really you kind of get two for one, you know. And and so you know, do you need it all off road? I mean, these days you can you can feed all the power you want to a bike, and you've got all the all the computer stuff that. That like once, like when I'm on the highway, I really dig a motor that accelerates hard. If I, if I have some guy cutting me off and I've got that much more power to get out of his way before he takes me out, I'm happy about that. I'm not going to complain about that. Protective power. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of times people think scooters are safer. They are not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can't get out of the way
4: stuff very fast on a
2: scooter. He doesn't like scooters. He's beating up on your Vespa. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Sorry, George. Um. Uh, 104
4: horsepower is a 1090. Yeah, so yeah. max. Yeah, so that's so, at 9,000 RPM, and you know you're always there. And
2: yeah, you know you know I I I was watching I was watching like the RPMs like where I'm riding like the bike and it's like it's like 25 to 4,000 RPMs. This is where like we just did a big giant we did a thousand miles of adventure riding, and I bet you the time I was above 4,000 RPMs, you know it was either we were trying to go 80 miles an hour down the highway, which I didn't like doing because I wanted to be out in the dirt riding. But anytime I was off-road, it was 25 to 45, you know? And and at 45 is where it kind of comes alive You know, the bike starts to come alive and it starts spinning the tire and it's like, and you know. That is one thing I hate about adventure bikes is
3: uh, having the tack there, is when you're off-road, you're like, I'm only going
2: 40, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Well, when you buy it when it's brand new, you're running it up at nine and ten. You're just singing that thing, you know. And then and then it's like it's like, well, that's going to get expensive on tires, so you, you sort of roll it back a little bit. We'll um, sell <laughs> you more tires. Yeah, run a different brand. Yeah, those <laughs> are a good, good. Over there. Those last. Um, okay, RC three ninety is about forty one horsepower. So 40, 70, and a hundred. Forty,
4: kind of, kind yeah. of, you know. 82, 40, 41 40. for an RC390, uh, 83 for a, this guy's stock, yep. 84, and then about
2: 104 for 1090. Man, that, and three, then that, that 390 really looks like a girl's bike. Yeah. <laughs> in that chart, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's girls out there celebrating. Hey, it. but you know what? It goes down the road at 75 miles an hour. I think we got, what did we get? 90? Mm-hmm. What did we do on the dry lake bed? Um, I think I was
1: going 90 or 80. I got it up to 90 Four, I think. Yeah, so
2: she's a girl and she got it to ninety four, so. Three ninety? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, pretty good. Down um I'm gonna roll back into the the questions here. Um I, I lost my train of thought. I know you have tested different handlebar mounts and handlebars for vibration and dampening. Um and then Mark Daniels of course answered it for me, he said a flex bars are the way to go. I would that would be my first choice. Um there's a lot of different options and I have those on my mountain bike. The flex bars, the new the mountain bike ones. The mountain bike Dude, ones. Dude, that's <laughs> like adventure. When, when, when I got them on the motorcycle, the first thing I said is like, you need to make these for mountain bikes. And yeah, they did. Yeah, and I love them. And they're really good. And they work. Yeah, because the mountain bike, you like to run on a stiffer setting because you don't want it wobbling. So the, the having the, 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 the bars not affect your rolling, you know, the bike. Well, like, like some of those like stutter bumps, those braking bumps down the real
4: steep hills, yeah. the fast steep hills. It just, some of them, if you have a stiff bar, I mean, your hands almost go
2: numb. They just, they take it. And they're awesome. I love them. Um, Let's see, Uh, Shelby's, have you ever tried the twisted engineering handlebars? They seem to me to be the best at reducing sharp hits, but I never heard much about them. Have you tried them out? So is the twisted ones the ones that had they were the, carbon fiber? They're carbon. I remember, they were carbon. And they have three different like versions of them. I never saw a pair, but I was curious. Yeah, they never sent them to me. I talked to them a bunch about it. You know, when that this kind of thing was happening, but it doesn't have some sort of a shock in the middle. It doesn't have a crossbar with some sort of a shock in there. No, right? it's just from it's my just, from my it's understanding, it's,
4: it's just, just flexi- flexible carbon fiber. So they have yeah. different layups that flex more or less. Yeah. The only thread that I saw is somebody crashed hard enough. And broke one, and there was all this talk about it. Oh, are they safe? It's like, well, I've seen aluminum handlebars break too. I mean, yeah, you crash yeah, hard yeah, enough, yeah, to yeah. break anything. Well, you can't. You
2: can't design. Uh, I was thinking about this today. You can't design something for the crash. No. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, okay, tell me how you're going to crash. Give me. Oh, how are you going to hit your head? I'll yeah. make your helmet have all the things right here to protect it. And the rest of it's just giant vents. You want not even feel like you're wearing a helmet. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, tell me how you're going to crash, and I'm going to design. You cannot do that. You have to make it to perform for normal riding. So when when somebody starts like, I did this on my bike and I had the crash, that's where you start going, okay, what protective equipment did you have and, and how, you know, how good is like skid, you know, skid plates and we'll talk about some of the Yamaha and certain things that we kind of experienced and, and you know, learn about different things. So um, I'm sure people want to know a little bit about the, the Tenere and if you ask some questions, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and, uh, let's see, Chris, there is a positive response showing up in McCall for the KTM Unrally. <laughs> yeah. The un- yeah. So uh, so uh, the, the community would appreciate the commerce. So what, is that Jeff Draw? No, that's uh, that's uh, uh, George.
4: Okay. So what we did is the KTM, uh, understandably so, uh, canceled the KTM rally in McCall, Idaho, uh, which a lot of people were really looking forward to. We completely understand, as a as a large company, why they had to do it. The amount of planning that goes into place to do that, uh, they couldn't take the chance, um, so they canceled. So what we did is we started a Facebook page called What is it called? Uh, I think it's called uh, McCall Rider McCall Rally McCall 2020. Rally. Yeah. And you know, what we there was a lot of people that that were still wanted to go, and so we started a page called uh, McCall Rider Rally 2020. I think. Can you can you double check that for me, honey? Yeah.
5: I think it's-
4: and it's a, it's a Facebook group and you can, you can join it. What it is, is if we feel at the time that it is responsible to go. Again, we understand why KTM had to pull out with all the planning and the money that goes involved in that. But on an individual level, um, we felt that if it's responsible to go at the time, that we would all still go and meet up and actually plan right. So we have a friend there, Jeff Draw, um, awesome guy who he has a ton of routes in Rever, um, that he's willing to share, we can post up on that page. And the idea was to kind of make our own rally, you know, our own awards ceremony, our own, you know, and kind of like use this Facebook group to plan different rides. And and a lot of these things, the KTM rallies are awesome, but it's kind of a big family reunion for a lot of people. These are these are our kind of moto brothers and sisters that show up to these
2: things. <laughs> and George Georgia. beat me to it. He already posted up the <laughs>
4: 2020 Rider Rally McCall. Yeah, 2020 Rider Rally McCall I know. So George, thank you, George. Um, and it's just a place for people to, you know, talk about still going. I know, you know, the town would appreciate it, um, you know, and we just, we love seeing everybody we just didn't want it to go away. So we put that together in, in the hopes that, um, and there, there was quite a bit of, I mean, there's like a hundred people or a hundred and something people that said they still want to go. And the KTM rally typically gets 300. So that's roughly a third of that that are saying that they still want to go. We understand, you know, a lot of people still had hotel reservations, you know, they had plans, they had already blocked out the time, so we said, hey, what do you, let's let's do this on our own, KTM won't be there, but, you know, I know there was talk about you guys possibly showing up, if, if things could happen, doing some schools there, and, you know, some other things, we do, Jeff does know a guy there that, um, that runs a hotel that might be able to do special rates, things like that, so, that's what that's all about.
1: But it's a meetup. it's not, a, we're not... A corporate event. It's, it's a, a meetup. Yep. Yep. Meet yeah,
4: it's a meetup. There's no money
2: exchange, there's nothing happening, yeah. it's just a meetup. Yeah. You know? People go
3: riding on their own uh, without without riding together. So we send the info and they'll blast it on the channel. Yeah. Awesome. yeah
2: It's uh it, it, and, and that's the cool thing about like these rider rallies that we go to every year. Um I you know the Tour Tech rally was one that was canceled. They just yeah. they cancel it and just push it off for the year. Um, it's it's um, and if you you're, you're into this sport and you want to learn a little bit more about like you know people to ride with or things to do or something like that again kind of going back to like I don't even know where the door is these are often events awesome events there's another guy that does a thing called the noobs route. I don't know if you're familiar yep. with this guy named Joel he's a friend of mine um, I've been wanting and, to do that actually and it's 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 not for us no, oh, but, it, no but it but it's for you to go there it's not for us. Yeah. For you to go there is a, is a guy that knows and so they, somebody can come because a lot of times they don't even know where to ask the question. like, that's mm-hmm. what this show is for. It's like, we'll, we'll take the high-level questions. You get something technical and detailed, I'll try to answer it. Uh, if you get something that's, that's novice and simple, I'm going to answer it the same way. I'm going to answer it, you know, hey, I, 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 I do have a lot of experience with this. I can, you know, kind of drill it down to what it's basically. is. But a lot of the, the, the you know, the entry-level riders just like, where do I turn? I think I saw some character just walking in the door of the building. I'll watch out for guys like that. Might be John Beck. <laughs> is that who it was? It's that John, Beck. Back John back. Beck. Yeah. He's probably jealous. He's probably jealous because he has an African twin too. Are you late? I'm right on time. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Um, he probably saw it pop up on Facebook and just hopped on his motorcycle and ripped down here. Oh, yeah. Um, John is the one that uh, sat next to me uh, and we praised the Honda DCT, which, uh, you know, if people hate you for that Husky video, they don't like me and John for talking how much we like DCT <laughs> on the on the twin. Yeah, yeah. We, we need, when we get that bike, we need to go ride it. You haven't ridden one yet. No, no. Yeah. Well, the I standard really keep- version's outside. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So as the tequila bottle uh, uh, pours. Uh, so we have any other questions out there in the thing? I've got, I think I have a couple more in my, in my things here. I forgot to make the words bigger, I can't see. Gate 95 on our CR450X review says, I can't stop picturing this with two exhaust pipes. So the, the, He's talking about the 450X. And I don't know whether he wants to have two exhaust pipes, like then get an RX, right? That would be the the simple answer to that. Um, And then uh, YP509, uh, he's talking about the the KTM 390. He says, I think this most directly competes with the CRF250L Rally. Uh, Virtually same price with ABS, but the 390 has... A color display with more features, adjustable suspension that's not soft, larger gas tank, better stock seat, all things that are almost mandatory. Upgrades on a 250L besides gearing changes and tire upgrades. Plus it's got more legs on the highway with plenty of spare where the 250L does not seem to like highway speeds for long, if at all. He
3: kind of has a point. Um... The one thing that I commended uh, KTM for on that is, here you have a bike that's six grand and it comes with the most sexiest front end with LEDs, and then they sell a four five hundred exe at twelve grand. Yeah. So that's
2: with with a, with a little display. It's about this right, yeah. right,
3: and and uh, you know it's real cluttered up there, and I mean he kind of has a point.
2: Yeah. So so the funny thing is is. You know, when you start talking about, like, you know, we're dirt bike guests. We talk a little bit more on the off-road side of things. And this, we still have our 390, and, and I want to do some stuff with it. Number one, I want to get the foot pegs leveled out. You know, just that, just it bothered a few of us yeah. to where it's like, just level them out, maybe we'll make them a little bigger. I think that helped the bike, helped the rider cockpit a little bit more. Um, uh, number two is the, this, the, the, the cast wheels are not the not the strongest. And that's where this 250L has a good set of wheels on it, yeah. the spoke wheels, um, and we're trying. That's our. That's so. It's like I don't want to make our 390 pretty. I want to get foot pegs and wheels on it, and then start exploring some luggage options and maybe you know skid plate options. We have cracked the skid plate on it. And did I, you crack the
3: skid plate? Uh, no. no uh, did, the it. 250L though, I think, had better travel as well. More travel. more up
2: higher. But it, it, it all of a sudden it starts it starts feeling more like a dirt bike it yeah. starts, you know it's it's it it's way more like dirt bike like where the, the the 390 it comes from a street bike line and it's that sort of crossover where it's blending you know it's more down the lines of, of like where a you know like a, it's a it's an adventure bike yeah you know? and and that's the trick right now is for us in the adventure bike world i want them to feel like a dirt bike and That the Yamaha that's sitting behind us, like you, you sit on it and feel it. Sorry, we haven't it yet. No, I know, but you're getting me excited.
3: You're getting me excited on that because that is something I hear constantly. Is, um, and we talked about this on the last, uh, the last time I was here. But what is that balance? Is it are the manufacturers and the engineers? Are the engineers being told? we want a off-road bike to be more, uh, that, how am I gonna try, to, you know what I mean, right? An adventure bike
2: to be like, Yes. An adventure bike to feel like a dirt bike or does it feel like a street? Yes,
3: bike? and what power do each manufacturer, who's fighting who and how many engineers are winning that battle in the theory of that bike?
2: Yeah, yeah, what's the perfect, it's like a unicorn, who's gonna build a unicorn? Right. Right. Like, you'd you think, and you think that KTM would just turn their adventure bike into a dirt bike. And in certain ways they have, like the 790, like the suspension, it rides like, it rides like an aggressive, it almost like, it rides more like an XC than an EXC. That's the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And and then you you start going, well, but the ergonomics still have a little bit of an a, a on-road feel. You know, they're... They're not as like the Like a Yamaha, I kind of expected the Yamaha to be more swept back, down mm-hmm. lower, all the stuff, sit in the pocket, kind of a thing. And it does have a. It looks taller like seat. A, a bit of a chopper. It has a taller seat. Well, it's, it's the it's the the visual of the gas tank kind of yeah. doesn't do it any 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 duties. But the 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 ergonomics. It, it's like when you ride it, you go, like, "I'm on a dirt bike." Yeah. It just just, just straight away, that's the way it feels. With the KTM you still feel like this isn't a dirt bike. You know, just the. Just the, the riding rider position and stuff like that. Well
4: we we did that, that upshift ride down in Baja, uh, there was probably about five seven nineties down there and mine has got the two seventy travel, it's got the tall seat, yep. it's got the rally front end, it's got different handlebars, all this stuff. And I let you know, Randy 15, comments from Maximum. Oh yeah,
2: twenty. Yeah, 20. Yeah, oh, it's, so, go ahead. it's up there. So yeah, it's so it's way so, up there. But <laughs> so Randy, he,
4: yeah. There's a lot of guys on the on the 790s, and they they, they kind of have the sweatback bars, and you kind of like this, and you kind of feel cramped. And Randy Collins from Maxwell gets online, and he's like, "I feel like I'm on my 500,
2: right? You know, and you know, it's, you can change it. Well, it costs some simple. money, but it's, you can't well, no, change it into something. That, but you, you don't even have to change the suspension. We're just talking about the rider cockpit. Just you yeah. know, just take, you know, just angling the bars, mm-hmm. and you know, and, you know, maybe having like different foot pegs or something on it, or different. See, like the biggest thing with adventure bikes is because. The, the showroom demands the seat height be low. Because everybody hops on the bike and they want to plop both their feet down mm. on the ground. And yeah, okay? feel comfortable. Feel comfortable. But when you start riding for a long distance, that means most normal people's legs are kind of folded up and that's not really comfortable. And a lot of people aren't really standing up all that much. When you stand up, like for me, when I'm off-road, I don't care about the seat in an adventure bike because I'm never, ever, ever sitting down. I'm always standing up. But when I'm going down the road, I want a tall seat. Yeah. And, and it's funny because my, my adventure bike that I ride all the time, I actually have a tall C-concept seats on my 1090 that I switched between my 1090 and my 1190. And it's more important for me to have it when I'm road riding than it is for off-road, even though I like it more, but I don't like sitting in the pocket. But then when I'm you know people want me to do demos on it, I want the lowest seat I can possible because I'm doing demos, I'm putting a foot down. I'm always yeah. wanting you know hop over logs or do stuff. So it's like kind of a conundrum. If you're gonna do aggressive off-road riding, on an adventure bike you don't want to see you want to be able to get your feet on the ground I understand that but it, so on the showroom it's, a, it's an awkward thing to get this bike well, okay now they're so worried about the seat height where do we put the damn handlebars Yeah, because they're going to sit there and they're going to go like this and usually you know if they're a little bit rolled back and yeah. um, it's a tricky tricky thing to get to I, would, do you-
3: I do think that Honda is hearing us because with that 2020 Africa Twin they redid the back the uh, it has a dirt bike subframe on it, um, and I felt as maybe after a week of riding it, it did feel
2: more. Is the after twin subframe now removable? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I and, and 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 hopefully this coming. is
3: my theory, and and let's see what you think. I think that by them making that whole back end more, you know, call it you know, uh not as heavy and more slit uh, dirt bike like. I think we're getting a um a
2: smaller Africa Twin So yeah. <laughs> amen. Hey, yeah. Am, amen. It's a big bike. You've been John John Yeah. I rode that's I rode John I didn't I haven't ridden yeah. dirt bike. And, and, and hopefully, I really, hopefully hopefully who, it'll who look something like
3: this. Uh on
2: it. Uh, no, who who what what App Media Outlet? Oh at like, media people. John Beck uh, video photos, 80, yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Bike shows up my driveway, whatever, I'll just grab it. Yeah, yeah. And, and John, John's a for-hire journalist, just oh, all, yeah. put a bike underneath him and he'll go ride. So um, yeah. the yeah, I was I you know, it's still it's it is not a, it's not a small bike. It's still I I, I want to draw a line at like a thousand CC's and up, and it's still a thousand cc's and up. It's not a yeah. smaller, lighter, more nimble bike. The old, it, the old one, to me, felt, like, kind of, like, just off the top of my head, felt smaller and lighter. I don't know, because I haven't ridden back them back-to-back. Standard or the Adventure Sports? Uh, either one, just like the, the, the older generation to the new generation. I
6: spent more time on the
2: Adventure Sports one that we had, and yeah. that one,
6: because of the tall seat and the suspension and all that, it, it felt... Bulkier there, I guess. The new older ones ones one felt bulkier. The old one felt bulkier. Yeah. The new one feels more nimble to me, I think. And yeah, okay. the frame and,
2: the and, and here here's the thing is I was riding the, the seven hundred previous to hopping on that bike up oh, there. Yeah, so yeah. so it's like it's and that's that's like where's your you know, where's your baseline? And it yeah. changed you know, for me it changed all the time based on what I'm riding and, okay. and, and what I'm doing. So um yeah, I don't know, has anybody been asking the adventure bike questions now? Or oh here we go. Got a couple. Steve Conklin. Almost all ADB bikes work tubeless tires. Could you touch on the benefit of these tires? I'm tempted to convert my tubed tires on the 217 Africa Twin. Any thoughts? Tube. You want to go from tubed to tubeless. Well. and can't do what with <would> it. <laughs> um, he, he rides. He's, he's, he does 50-50 mm-hmm. um, on and off-road. I... Man, I, it's It's like, so, so, we were, we We're all tubes, right? We were tubes, We were all tubes. I know this is, the Omaha's all tubes. Yeah, we brought tubes. It's it's simpler, but I had tubes to repair it. Because a lot of times when you have a problem with a tubeless tire, you end up having to throw a tube in it. You have to take the the valve stem out and all this stuff. I, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up, right? Everybody here, yeah. That's a go around the horn. Tubes or not? Tubes. Tubes? You tubeless, like tub- tubeless, 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 tubeless. Tubeless. tubeless is easy to fix with a plug. Yeah, but yeah. fifty to fifty tubeless in the back. Tubeless in the back, <laughs> and then tube in the front. What? Because <laughs> then you can then you can carry just one front tube and are working both wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, a smart one in the room. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Well, I we don't. converted our race bike to tubes. Well, we actually yeah. run mooses in the front, but stuffed them. Mm-hmm. That was we had to change them every day. Yeah,
2: it's, it's, I mean, you're yeah. not gonna, and an adventure bike, oh, it's that's a good, I don't know, I, I mean, I would, whatever it comes with, I'd probably leave it until I had a problem with it, and then i decide how I wanted to fix it, does that make sense? And carry a tube. Yeah, and then carry a tube, always carry a tube as a backup, you know, t- to carry a tube and a set of plugs. So, um, where are we at here, uh, Okay, uh, Mike Stein says, Chris, can you talk about the custom navigation tower mounts for the 790 you have built and tested through your ADV racing program? I saw on the Rottweiler Facebook page, you might go with a welded mount versus a bolt-on version. Uh, Will it be available for sale in either version? Will a kit be available for sale in either version? I saw the weld-on one.
4: Yeah, so what what we did is the the racing frame, um, for these towers to bolt on here they basically make a billet adapter that adapts the stock mounts to where they want the rally pieces mounted and then there's a u-bracket that goes around the headstock that kind of holds it all together so the stock ktm mounts are really weak they'll just snap right off so they put some uh u-bolt brackets on there but it's kind of like a stacked on thing there's a lot of complication to it you have like a whole bunch of bolts and For uh, the average guy to buy one of these things, that's exactly what you're gonna get, and it's fine. Um, Our rider tends to ride really hard. Um, This little trophy right here, is where do you where do you get those made? It's you get them made from Victory, Mexico? that thing <laughs> from, yeah. Okay, don't hold them like that. Yeah, it? Okay. It, it's, I think we've already glued it back together. They shipped it to us and came out in pieces. <laughs> but uh, um, this was the Sonora rally where we were nine seconds off the podium to Ricky Brabec and Skyler House on the seven ninety. Okay,
5: so they were a couple hours in front of us, what but
4: off the guys? podium. I don't know. I get to. Go I think with one. I think one of them just won the Dakar for the first time <laughs> in America But uh, anyway, we were right nine seconds off the podium to those guys. So. The, the guy that we have is West Van House and he's a hell of a rider. He just comes from a family like somewhere in their family tree is a gorilla swinging around, and pretty sure they're just big people. And he can throw a bike around like you wouldn't believe. And so when you have that stack up of parts, we ran into a couple problems here and there. We broke a couple of pieces. The the kit is awesome and for just about everybody it's fine. That's what you're gonna put together. You think
2: about you're putting all that weight out on a pen, you know, out in yeah. the front of the pendulum and all that thing. Those little brackets are designed to hold a little tiny little, mini iPad thing yeah. and some stuff. I mean. Even guys that start mounting GPSs and stuff up there could have problems if they're riding off-road aggressively.
4: Yeah, well, we make, like, a head brace mount that comes up. It's like a turnbuckle thing that actually holds them um, to where they can't break off. Um, That's the the head brace thing that we do. So we have those on there and some other things. But the, the, the complication of the parts is kind of unnecessary if you have a dedicated race bike. So because that race bike is dedicated... We actually hacked everything off the front end, buffed it all off, and we, we computer uh, CAD, designed a new mount that is actually welded to the
2: headstock. Like what a normal rally bike would have. Uh, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So any, like, you go to Dakar and any, like, actual purpose-built rally bike... Has a welded-on... ...is going to have a welded-on thing, and, and they're not going to have, you know, a, a, a billet adapter piece between the rally tower and the stock. Headstock, You know, that's what you sell to people, and for just about everybody, it's just fine. It's for the guy who's putting it together in his house and, and just wants that kind of tower. I don't think there's a whole lot of people really racing these things. They just don't like the look of that stock headlight, so they want to do, yeah, you know, a rally version. So, But we're doing an actual TIG-welded version. We're also doing a, um, a handmade subframe. We're doing 25 subframes for that bike. Um, it'll actually drop about six pounds um, off, off, the, uh, off the bike. So weight loss is a big thing for us, but... Anyway, we have it back there and it's, we're just trying to do really trick stuff. There's a trickle down from racing um, that's going to come from us racing it in, we're racing uh, Sonora, we're doing the Besson Desert, Big Starino, and then we're doing the Baja Rally. Um, And so all the stuff that trickles down, we're going to try to pass on to our customers. And the cool thing about these bikes is it's kind of like, it's like the old 950s and 990s. You have this crowd that's like hardcore. yeah. You know, where they're like, you kind of didn't really see that too much with the 1190. Ten ninety, twelve ninety 90 it was just like, okay, buy em. But when this came out, you're seeing guys doing some really, you know, off-the-wall stuff, you know. Yeah. Right? Is
3: somebody breaking into your shop right now? It's the
4: it's the compressor. <laughs> oh, it's the, compressor. <laughs> <laughs> the dyno. The compressor. There actually was a break-in yesterday. Two guys, 2 crackheads in the middle of the day. Really? Smack dab in the middle of the day, I had a crowbar for trying to get the door open. And, and your door? No, that next door. Next door. door. Oh. Yeah. They do
1: they grow weed next door?
4: I
2: don't. Maybe not entirely sure. They don't watch the show, so I can answer that truthfully. So I Um, think they do. Everybody's happy. Uh, Does the seven ninety have a hundred eighty degree crank in it? Somebody asked that. Yeah, that's what it is. It is. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Um, Somehow I lost my uh, my comments were going in order. They kind of rearrange them every once in a while. Uh, so Steve says, thank you guys. My takeaway is that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. By the way, Colorado riding is amazing because he just moved up there. Uh, the weather is psychotic. Preparation is paramount. Lots of saddle time. And thanks to Jimmy for the training I got at your school. I have a, I have a school. It sponsors this show every once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now we're getting better on the... On the uh, what, on Steve, what
3: did you mean by the weather is psychotic? Meaning it's all over the place? Or
2: oh, because like yeah, some days thunder showers. I mean, oh, it's like you yeah. can almost like set your watch by the thunder showers in Colorado and the high mountains sometimes. Yeah, you just don't know, and it can be bad. Well, I, you know, I got rained on riding down here the other night, like really? Sunday night. Yeah, I got yeah. rained on coming in like in June thirtieth or whatever, whatever it is, June twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty eighth. I got rained on in gear riding down. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. that. I went the way I told you to go. Oh, you did? We you yeah. Do. We did, yeah. Yeah, it was that was awesome roads. Awesome road. So, yeah.
6: Do you remember we did that in 2012? for that dirt bike test uh, for uh, Dirt Rider. For Dirt Rider, for, yeah. With the ADP bikes. So Steve Green, you, and it was the fourth guy. I can't remember.
2: I can't remember. Yeah. It's all the same. Anyway, it it all came like back to we me. Yeah, somewhere. so, okay, so you remember those roads. Good roads. Um, Mark Daniels wants to know why they put cast wheels on the 390 cost. Cost. Yeah, cost. And that's cost. What, that's what they, you know. That they, they had them, although, although I have been told that the wheels that we get here in the United States are actually a little bit thicker and a little more robust than the, the ones that are on the, the World Bike. There's a couple little changes to the bike we have here to make it uh, a little bit um
4: Do they, did, did they do that because of the way Americans ride or, or because of some DOT standard?
2: That's a good question. Never asked that. <laughs> Probably because they knew I was going to ride it. You know, you know, then, <laughs> right. Actually, I have a question that if it ain't
6: broke,
2: don't fix it, comment, was that related to the rally tower or what was that? That was related to the tires. The tires. The tires. I I don't know if I subscribe to that theory. I don't either, I was thinking the rally tower because my 1090,
6: you know, how it broke off. Yeah, so
2: so that's a known thing. On the KTMs, the 1090s, 1190s, you had to keep those bolts that are holding that, like kind of the tower and the plastic piece (laughs) that it's hooked up to and stuff. You had to keep those tight. Well, mine actually the the gussets that the bolts going to finally, finally it broke, it to, so you yeah. had to
6: reweld the bracket. You were hitting bumps too hard. And you probably bent your rims too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my rims are okay. Actually. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Still. You mean, yeah. Anyway, the bolts sheared off. But Quinn explained they have a fix for it. But your rally
2: tower, that it's more like if the namebr going to fix it, I think it's kind of like kind of needed. Yeah, there's. I mean, it depends on what you're using it for. You know, you're you're at the ten tenth scale. You're 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 the ninety fifth above percentile the way you ride an adventure bike. It's like most people do not ride them where you ride them as much as you ride them off-road especially, because I'm the same way. But you know, I always kind of take that into consideration. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, you you know, like if if I'm bending Mm -hmm. rims on my adventure bike, I'm riding it too hard. If I'm bottoming my my suspension out, Mm -hmm. I'm riding it too hard. You don't go drive your car and and hit things and bottom it out, you would slow down, right? So Prius on the track isn't cool? Yeah, no, no Prius on the track. So so I always say that and people are like, oh, well, but I, I saw this video and I go, yeah, I was probably one of the guys in the video and then I promise you I didn't bottom it out. I transitioned that jumper, you know, or, or I said we get one of these because the bike's gonna be broken when it lands, you know. Who knows, I don't know. Um,
4: I think we, we get tend to get, you, you get caught in a bubble you know, where like everyone you know is similar to you, so you think that's the whole industry, right? You know, and and we tr- we try to like get outside of that. You know, like usually what I try to do is throw out my first instinct on something. I try to cast that out because I'm usually I just my my default mode is what I think, and what I think is is vastly different from a majority of the the, the people that are buying stuff from us. You know, it's like I I want to do this and I want to do that, and you know, it's like. The majority of people are doing something totally different, so we try to pay attention
6: to that. And then you end up with your
2: 990. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, a couple things, like, Chris, this is a really nice piece of uh, thing here. It looks like an intake manifold out of a, a KTM 790 made out of carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Can I buy this tomorrow? Uh, you can buy it about a month or two. In about a month. So yeah. you're, you're displaying stuff that's not available. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, try and, wet the appetite. and that's, that's the other, this is that's a, the rest of the airbox.
4: Yeah. That's the splash guard there. There's a few pieces, a few things that we're trying to get together. A lot of people have been really excited to to get these to get something on the market. This is the prototype filter. It's not the final one, but it's pretty close. Those are for the 790. It has a, yeah. it has an R on it. It does. Yeah, it, does. it means rear. Yeah. That's that, yeah that means. <laughs> that what this said? means this goes rough. Rough. Yeah. Okay. got ahead. Rough. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, advantages are basically you can you can pack spares filters, which you can't do that with paper. Um, if you submerge the bike, you know, it's a lot easier to clean out a a foam filter and take
2: it off by hand. Two things you shouldn't do in an adventure bike actually, on your adventure bike, your filters should never ever get dirty. My buddy, unless uh, you're racing in Baja, winning um, or or mainland Mexico winning trophies, then your filter might get dirty.
3: My buddy Fire Freddy just bought a 790 Rally, Mm -hmm. and does the Rally come with like something? No, it's the same, so this. Okay. It's the
4: same. So there's there's a couple pounds of weight loss with this. You can basically carry spare filters, which you can't with paper. But um, you're
3: getting more horsepower out of that. Yeah. Okay.
4: This is basically a velocity
2: stack. You two. Oh, here we go. Stack. You can get 90 horsepower. 90 really? Horsepower. Yeah. You, oh, can you can spin a hundred. Yeah. You can spin the tire right off. That yeah. Call it eleven ninety. Pop really good, Pop really good wheelies. Wheelies. Well, I mean, wheelies.
3: I'm a parking lot rider, so I like to do <laughs> lots of tricks up and down the street. Yeah. As long as it gets that front end up. Okay, so time do, you have retail? do you have retail to kind of put out there or not yet?
4: Uh, yeah, we're getting close. I think the carbon okay. version is going to be around $650. Okay. Uh, we did a thing where if you bought our power plate, which is like a pre-filter system, 100% of your purchase price of that can be credited towards this. Oh, okay. So it's kind of an upgrade program that we're doing for our customers to show faith in us cool. and buy our stuff. We're also going to do a plastic versions, can going to be about half that. So it's it's you know this is obviously the the bespoke product. that's, we're gonna call this. I think we're gonna call it the rally. You know, because it's it's like more of a bespoke race product. Um, that's what
3: it, Fire
2: Freddy's bike should come with.
3: Well, I was just gonna say, if, uh, Freddie, if you're listening, uh, how dare you buy plastic for the rally? Since you've you already do like, a project bike <laughs> right
2: with dirt bike test because. No, we, can, we, can, we can work that well. We're,
3: we're going to talk about that, Freddie, because actually Jimmy needs your bike
2: for probably four to six weeks. A recluse a recluse clutch, too. Okay, one of those. There you go. Yep, probably need some fuel range, extra fuel range. Find something for that. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Need some protection, better protection for the. And, since, uh, and,
3: things. and since they're cutting firefighters' uh, wages,
2: no. he's not going to be working <laughs> much anymore, so. Why well, we're not gonna have fires anymore? COVID is, is extinguishing <laughs> fires these days. Good job. Hey Chris, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ask you to uh, allow uh, Heather to come into the picture here. Okay. Because we're gonna talk a little bit about Tenere. Okay. We're gonna talk about Yamaha in your shop, so you can go over there and I plug your sit. ears. I can okay. sit on the bike. But... You can sit. No, you're gonna sit right here next to me. I'm, I'm he's, and he's probably gonna start pushing buttons. He's playing oh, yeah. like. He's playing some video games on his phone. <laughs> so uh, uh, everybody back on the show is uh, Heather Lewis. This is my wife. Hello. Um, so she is the current expert in the group on the uh, uh, Yamaha Tenere 700, which we just spent how many miles on? Over a thousand. A thousand
1: or more miles.
2: And uh, the so... Uh, we're, we're probably going to sit down and maybe do the bike test right after, so I'm just warming it up for that live on, on the air on the show. Okay. How, do you like, how do you like that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Um So why is the, the, the Tenere better than the KTM? <laughs>
3: Watch out, <laughs> 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 the, whole, the, whole, the whole audience stood up <laughs> and
2: <it> went <laughs> like... <laughs> I
1: think it all has to do with what type of rider you are. What type of girl
2: you are? No, what type of (laughs) rider. It's a girl's bike?
1: Yes, they're both Uh. girl's bikes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think think
2: they're all great. Yeah, yeah,
1: it it all has to do with the type of rider you are. I'm an emotional rider, so I cry a lot and... No, I'm just kidding.
2: I don't cry. <laughs> uh, no, it's, but it's, that's the old days.
1: Yes. Now we, I don't. Now I don't do cry. Years, now I just. Of, years and years now I of I just cuss at you.
2: Yeah. Okay. I but no longer years. cry. That's I just that's cuss. why now we we quit wearing we quit <laughs> we wearing the the helmet communicators and stuff now but now we we started wearing them on this trip and that's all I heard. I did not. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I the only the warning I gave you was I only have one hour left in me because we had been riding for like. Six hours already. After we didn't start until later, and we'd done about 400 miles, and we almost ran out of gas. Yeah. We almost went another. Well, no, we would have. Re- we, we absolutely would have, ran ran out gas, would
2: have sk- run out of gas, <laughs> gas because we came to this. We were we were, we arrived were along the um Transcontinental, Transcontinental Railroad, Railroad around the backside of the Great Salt Lake, and so we gone out in the, on the Salt Lake and shot some videos and mm-hmm. stuff, and we were you know shooting photos, and we were stopping and reading what like every other sign because we we knew we had to kind of get going. Cause, we didn't want to camp out there because it was like kind of hot and windy in the middle and of nowhere. And middle of nowhere. We wanted to get up in the trees and 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 someplace a little nicer to camp. So so we were riding around there and we got to this one, the kind of the end of the. It was right when we got into Nevada. Mm-hmm. And it was there was one the main sign that showed the map and all the stuff, the kiosk. And uh, and she goes, "Hey, my uh, my uh, my lights blinking. My <laughs> lights blinking for fuel." And I'm like, "What? So <laughs> quick?" And then I'm like. Oh, we've done two hundred and two hundred <laughs> ninety-eight yeah. miles. Like it was, it was a lot of miles. But my KTM, the 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 fuel um, gauge gauge is broken on, it. so it says full all the time. <laughs> and he's got a fix for that. And yeah, you sand it. You just sand it down yeah. right yeah. 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 So I haven't done it. I'm just lazy. So I just I just looked at the odometer, but I didn't look at the odometer because I was having so much fun just like checking out the sites and seeing the. It was a really fun ride. Was that was a great. Yeah. That's a great adventure bike road. Yeah, perfect adventure um, bike road. And, and and she goes, "Hey, my light came." I'm like, "What?" You know, was, <laughs> I, I, in my head, I was think a hundred miles, and it was two hundred miles. It was really bad, and yeah. so so I'm like, "Okay," and like, uh, th- pull, we pull off the map. It's like, "Where can we get gas?" I hope this t- little town in Nevada has gas because there's only, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> and
1: they're a little town that's fifty miles from one location and fifty miles from the other town.
2: But we were going to we go the way it was 100 semi We were going to go the long way. The long yeah, way. Which we never would have made it. Neither of us. Oh, yeah, we would have been Oh, yeah. We would have been waiting for nobody to come. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyhow. Um, so, so we she, went to a bar. So that was, that was yeah. the smart thing. Yeah. We, we rode to town. Gas stations closed like five minutes ago. Nobody goes to town at that point. But the bar is open down the street. Lots of cars there. One street in town. So we went and rolled into the bar. And sure enough, the guy was able to come out and uh, give us two and a half gallons of gas, mm-hmm. which is easily enough to get us over to... Uh, to the other location. To, to Wells. Wells. Yeah, we rode into Wells at that point yeah. and filled up. And then and then she goes, she goes, I have one hour left in here. <laughs> and I mean, she used to never say that. She never budgeted it. She would just go all the way till she had nothing left in her and then 10 minutes more and then tell me, I'm done. And it's like... No, we have another hour. Yeah. <laughs> we have another hour to go. So, it's like learn communication. You know? Yeah. So anyway, so we, yeah. we rode we rode out and, and found a cow pasture up on a hill and and threw tent up in the hill. hmm Slept on the. So. No. <laughs> Winning. Winning. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's our story our story about like where we went. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna do uh, a. Uh, We'll do the full test, the full video test on the on the bike here. But you like
1: it? I do. I, I actually, the first thing that when I got on it, when I, the first thing I always do when I get on a bike is I want to test the brakes to make sure that I'm not going to eat shit when I do use the brakes. Right. And I want to feel, especially for a long ride, I want to feel how the, the seat is feeling. Because for me, the KTM has a wide seat and because i'm a girl and i'm a little shorter than most guys that being able to touch the ground is important but it's also the width of the seat is really intimidating because when you're so when it's so wide you lose a little bit of distance between the ground and your and the dis, you know you yeah. the distance and, and you rode so, the yamaha with the tall and the yamaha seat, with way. the tall. i know i liked it yeah but it's narrow at 58 yeah. yeah and 57 so it's narrow, so that gave me that confidence, and it also is just more comfortable, and it felt like a dirt bike. And then, so what I did was I rode out dirt road, went to the dry lake bed, tested the brakes, and then tested like the hoops going in and out of going back and forth between our property in Nevada. And um, it felt so light, and the front end was felt, the suspension on the front end felt really light, where usually, The KTM, to me, felt intimidating, partly because the the shape of the gas tank is so large that visually that kind of intimidates you, Mm. where this, it wasn't intimidating. Maybe it's the coloring, I'm not sure, but it wasn't. And then the the front end felt light and loose to where I can maneuver it, and I didn't feel like the bike was going to fall over when Mm. I turned the bars. Mm. So I liked it, and that's why I liked it. Yeah. That oh, was my first impression, but then so riding it later, riding it for a thousand miles, I liked it. I did, it, I did street and dirt.
2: So so did you, the, the, the narrow seat, did that seem, was it comfortable all day?
1: Yeah, because the, the well, I think the tall seat helps. Because yeah, yeah, it's, it's got more. Days, it's yeah, yeah, I quick, to
2: specify,
3: is that the tall seat, aftermarket it's seat an aftermarket seat? It's a Yamaha accessory. accessory. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I asked
2: for it specifically because I knew we were going to do a long ride. Yeah. And... I was like, hey, I want to be comfortable. Yeah. And, and and I knew the stock seat, stock seat's okay, but that's just way better. Well, I like that, mm-hmm. yeah. I both feet on the ground. I would be asking if you're out of control right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they have
4: the, the aftermarket, the power parts need the 790. I was gonna it say.
2: takes the flat one mm-hmm.
1: and it
4: is higher, but what it does
1: is it does that. That's, then that's better. Yeah. I think so it's a little bit of a trade off. Usually, trade-off. yeah, it's, it is a trade off. But, what, like, the seats we have on home on ours, it's the fat one. Oh, is yeah, yeah. No, fat, I, well, that's the so, 1090, and that's fat yeah. to one. It's funny, because yeah. I rode the 1090
2: or 1190, 1190 most of the way back, and I had my big seat on it. And when I rode this home the other night, I was like, I wish there was a little more... I, mean, on on the I, was, yeah. I, I did, I did yeah, two yeah. and a half hour of the freeway yeah. and, and um, I was kind of like moving around you a do little bit get, yeah. and, and on, on my big fat seat it's like it's it's, it's nice, nice but yeah. it doesn't when I'm off road it doesn't really bother me because I'm standing up but when I'm sitting down i do not having that extra seat yeah. but I don't have to worry about getting my feet on the ground I can get my foot on the ground with that extra and the other thing about like.
1: having a wider seat for me is I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the girl's gear gets stuck. Like, you can't slide off the bike really easily. No, it's,
2: that's, everything's geared. Yeah. and like, like, it just depends on, like, how the, the crotch is cut yeah. and pants and things. Yeah, so. so um, yeah, so you, you. you well, I yeah. also
1: rode it on the street. I rode a twisty road called the Beartooth Pass up in um, Wyoming to Montana. And that was 200 mile a day on nice twisty roads where, like, full 180 hairpin turns, and it was super comfortable, and that went to 11,000 feet, which I was worried about, you know, is it going to have problems with the, the motor, and, you know, is it going to fog or power, have different power level, and it, it was perfect. Oh, what did you
2: say when you rode off the dry lake bed, like we rode off, the, off the salt flat, up the sand dune, oh. up the sand dune, what did you, you say to me?
1: I was like, I think I like the traction control. But there's the, no traction this control. This is funny,
2: there's no traction control on this bike. And but this it is, felt like it. This is the thing we'll talk about in the motor. The motor, it, it it's, it literally, it feels like it has traction control, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it works, like if you're below 4,000 RPM, you can turn the throttle a ton, mm-hmm. and it, it just doesn't, it doesn't spin. It's like you selected the perfect traction mode on, you know, a bike that has more traction controls, um, where, it's, where it's really good, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall pretty happy in a suspension. Now let me, uh, sorry you, to interrupt, yeah, but no. Now, no, now, so
3: the, what, did you get any like rocks or stuff so, where you had to dab a foot? What Did it feel heavy? Did you almost drop it at any point? No, I, all...
1: I didn't have any problems with that. I mean the, the closest to that was the sand sections that we rode. We also rode on um, dirt roads. I rode a, a couple roads that had um, bad silt. Yeah, and yeah, the silt yeah. things and it felt fine. I didn't have any problems with that. We did ride rocky because there was a section that we had some rocks and I didn't. I didn't have that feeling. Of like up to out of up to where up to where we can. Yeah, like in those rocks yeah. and rocks and stuff like that. It like, was rocky and but I just it's for me. I ride an adventure bike slower, so, so that
3: anxiety that. of like say if you were on a, like a, 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 a 1250. 1250, no. you're like oh I may fall here. I better pay attention. No. That was less on yeah. this. I think because you
1: feel you, like the bike, you feel like you're on a dirt bike. Yeah, it's that feeling, and so it's like almost gives you that confidence. That it's like a maybe it's hmm. a, a faux confidence, but it actually it gives you that better feeling. So, and but I did ride the Honda Africa Twin for a bit, and it has a similar feel too. It felt thinner. Read your the new one. I rode his road. bike around. Yeah, yeah, he was riding the Tenere, so I stole a little jot. Oh. The oh yeah, stole this bike too. Yeah, I do, too. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing. <laughs> it's too. the same thing. I, think I it's just the the narrow it. Makes it feels yeah, yeah. better, and then the non-intimidating, um, the non-intimidating cockpit makes yeah. it feel better. Yeah. So, but I like the smooth. So I rode on the street bike ride. I rode the t- the 790 and the um, and the Tenere, mm-hmm. the 700, and the feeling of the throttle, con- like the power. How the power is applied it's that nice smooth mellow power in the 700 mm-hmm. where the 790 is that is like that get up and go just kind of it hits right hard and it and some people like that so that's why i say it depends on what kind of bike you like yeah. or what kind of and that's, it's, it's, rider that's, that's,
2: you a, that's are. a really important thing she just said right there and yeah. i always like to bring this down it's not good or bad one's not better than the other it's, the type of rider. it's a different it's a different character like yeah. it's like chocolate and vanilla there's two different flavors I cream because that
3: hit it People don't realize this, but after eight hours in the mountain, it can be tired. It tires them out. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and the
2: KTM's are typically more ex- exciting. exciting. Exciting, yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you, you rev up. Yeah, I, I t- I, there's, there's no doubt about that. Like, yeah. you know, the more you tend to like, want to feel like you want to be in a race bike, which I never want to be. And I, and I'm, I'm the guy that raced quote adventure bike. I raced, raced twin cylinder rally bikes. They weren't like these things. They weren't anything like this. But the 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 more you want to ride a race bike, the more you want to lean towards a KTM. The more you want something that's 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 a little less like that. Then there's 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 a lot of other options. The KTM kind of sets themselves that way. That's why it says ready to race in their thing. That's the that's the DNA that they have. That's the way that they build things. Um, but it's funny because Yamaha sort of positioned and showcased this bike as look at it, it's our it's our. You know, it's our racing adventure bike. You know, they had a lot of videos early on of the concept, like the T7 concept. And they showed it that way. And they didn't... I don't think they disappointed at all. And this is probably the best way to break it down. Mm-hmm. It's like, it has all those characters. It has all the ability to do that kind of stuff. But it's not so sharp-edged. Yeah, it, it, it has it's, a smooth edge. I, the, I think the motor is, is brilliant without any technology to it. The, the suspension is... Exactly where it needs to be. It's just stiff enough to be, um, you know, comfortable without going overboard and being, you know, on on bricks. Um, just they just did a. I think they just did a really good job. And and you know you, you can. It depends on what you want to do. It, and if I go adventure riding, I'm more in that category than this category. If I'm doing a thousand, if I know I'm going to do a thousand miles, if I'm going to do like in a short 50 and 60 mile stints or something like that. This wins in the excitement level all day long, but like I say after 10 minutes I don't care what I'm on. I'm just gonna adapt to it. Yeah, you no, know, but yeah. I, I'd rather be super super comfortable. I think
1: one thing that you um, The rider when who wants to be to have that feel that torque right off the bottom mm-hmm. That it gets snap. them out of trouble that snap you don't feel that snap on the on the tenere But you do get the it's, performance. It's there. It's there. Dude, when but I'm, you have to really gas it. So the, for me, sometimes you know how I'm like, I don't gas it enough up the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of let off when I really should be giving it gas. Yeah, yeah. That might bite me in the butt because I'm not going to give it up to that power. I don't know. But It's
2: a 700. Yeah. Well, the, the road I rode yesterday was a pretty technical mm-hmm. little dirt road. And, and and I was thinking the whole time I'm riding down here, is like, because I've ridden the KTM on it. And I'm just, the whole time I'm going, well, which did I actually for which one performed better? And they net net, they both did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It was just I just changed my you know the what I, was, I adapted yes. a little bit a little bit to it, and so that's where that's where it's at. So now you get to now yep, I get to move. Get to I'm, move, move I'm good. Move thank it. you. We're gonna call John. In. We're gonna talk Honda. Because <laughs> okay. you two guys can talk. So that's the other adventure bike we're talking about here. Uh, you talk. are who you sir? You uh, are. <laughs> so everybody, everybody remembers John Beck. Uh, nope. He's this is John Beck. Uh, John's helped us at dirt bike tests, uh, shooting photos or beautiful photos, awesome videos every once in a while, uh, and he's the guy you can send all the hate mail to for uh, telling you that DCT is the best thing ever. Hmm. But I agree with him. No, actually. It, it, it's a, it's an excellent option. So the same reason we talk about what the, the certain characters we like about yeah. this thing, we don't have the DCT Honda yet. None of us have ridden the new one. And I've never even ridden that technology, so yeah, I I really, I really don't even know what it does. It, it it's like an automatic transmission uh, for your motorcycle. It does all the shifting for you. It's like a, it's like it's like you get a recluse clutch. Yeah. And it shifts for you. So like like a regular recluse clutch, so it you doesn't just do the shift, shift. the gas and you just, just do you gas roll. and go. It's just like a car. So gas you and and go. a paddle shifter
6: so you can override really? the system when you yeah. want. actually just came back from Baja and we had both the 2020 DCT and... Oh, so Standard. you've ridden it. I have, um, briefly, you, but yeah. Okay. Is it better than the old one? Yes, but I wouldn't say because of the DCT system itself, because the chassis itself is different than... The one we rode right. was the Adventure Sport, so it had the taller suspension. Right. And for my... Honestly, the taller suspension felt a little bit wallowy and soft kind of because it was so tall and the seat was the whole bike just felt um, More bulky like I said earlier and the new one because they've lowered the suspension and I guess they share it It's more of a, an adventure bike, I
2: guess so it felt a uh, it felt more like a touring bike But I'm, I'm just just back to DCT. We'll get them the bike in general But I, I, I thought when we rode the early one okay. the, the, the the original average twin, my thing was this is good but I know it can be better. I know it can shift better. Cause remember, there's all these different modes. Yeah. And 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 that's you didn't have time to play with it in a new no. one. I th- remember how we found a mode that was like that's pretty good, it but it can be that much better. Yeah. The, it, S. It, 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 be yeah. It was, it was all these different. And, and that's the other thing. I think you need a a, a, a degree in buttonology <laughs> to to operate the Honda. It's not just on or off. There's a lot of different buttons to push. Um. I think it's what I wrote in the new review. It depends
6: on how good of a programmer you are, how much you're going to get out of the bike. Where, where, do, you, where do you find that? It's not up yet. I just, oh, okay. I, actually I was writing it okay. uh, on the way home and they, I, then you, before I came here. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> then pop, and then it popped up
2: on your on your feed that you had to come down here. All this barrage of text messages like, where are you? Like, I'm smoking cigars
6: writing a the story. What are you guys doing? We're <laughs> a uh,
2: So So where will we find that? Uh, eventually, eventually will be on ADB Pulse. ADB Pulse. Okay, so if you want to see John's impression of ADV Pulse, which is second only to like what I'm going to say about it when I come to ride it, right? <laughs> I'm an ass. Yeah. Push the button, then when this says I'm an ass, what an ass! It's got to be in there. There's come on, for that. you didn't hit it on. That? You are a pathetic loser. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <close>. <laughs> <That's> uh, <close. laughs> anyways, I that's that's in and so I'm going to uh, get the bike from. A mark tonight, and then I'll probably, you know, go out and ride a little bit. And then we're gonna schedule to go swap the bike so we can do a day ride between the DCT and the non DCT. Be cool. Because everybody says, You guys are a marketing stooges for Honda, there's no way DCT is better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Well, if I was going adventure riding, I would probably choose that. Because there was a couple times when we were out on our ride, and I'm like, I just wanted to be lazy and look at the scenery and do all the stuff. You do, after a thousand miles, and and I'm new to this,
3: one thing that I had in my mind was, great, uh, so now the manufacturers are gonna try to figure out what I like in power, how I like my power delivered, all this stuff, but then I started writing and I'm like, I'm sick of shifting. Right, because you, especially if you're crossing Nevada and you have to get a, you know, there's times when you just want
2: to pull up to a stop, and you just pull up to a stop, and your bike is, you don't have to pull a clutch in, you don't have to downshift, you just pull up to a stop and it's ready to go. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, there's something about motorcycle riding where you want to be active and doing all this kind of stuff. And I, and there was a time when Honda was actually trying to develop an automatic transmission motocross bike because their engineers felt it could be better. The riders, right. never, the riders never even bought off an arena. When I, was, when I was racing for BMW in my duck car bike, they asked me if I wanted shifting up here at my thumb. Hmm. They wanted to know if I wanted to shift the bike up there. I'm like, no way, uh-uh. no, I didn't want to do it. Now after riding that bike and using the paddle shifters, I'm like, why didn't I do it? Because they, they, they could have done it. They, yeah. they, they had the, the technology and the capability to do this. I'm like, why did I do that? Because I just, it was just like, uh, but you know, this is what I'm used to. You know so why? Because you already <laughs> No, because there could have been, <laughs> you know why I didn't do it? Because the, the method I was using was what I was used to, and it was proven. And, it, and we're just adding one more, and racing adding one more stream of failure. But the same thing, when it comes to, to production stuff, they test this stuff. I fun. think that's some of the pushback
6: that technology gets to as well, because it's, it's a new thing for the motorcycle yeah. industry, especially for adventure bikes. I mean, street bikes, it's, automatic shifting's been around for yeah. a bit, not so much in adventure bikes, but uh, I think we talked about before, look at, I don't know when it was, the 40s or 50s, when the first uh, glide automatic transmissions came out <laughs> in cars, and how many people were probably trying to kick through the floorboards of their car looking for a shifter, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now the technology's standard, everyone's buy, accepted it. It's buy normal. a stick shift car anymore. Exactly, go yeah. go try and find one, so I can see that technology eventually moving to motorcycles. And I was asked that question directly recently, is which, if you were going to buy one, which would you prefer? And for my part, simply because, you know, already own a 1090, and other, you know, I have yeah. those bikes for that, but for general riding, I probably want the DCT, because mm-hmm. it's just so cool and relaxing to ride. Yeah. But so. when you
4: you, you put a, like a Recluse clutch on one of these big bikes, which they have, right, they have the quick shifting, which is clutchless,
2: you almost the, never touch the clutch. And yeah, you still have to move your foot. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like funny. This is how lazy we become. This is what all this technology does. It allows us to be lazier. Does, yeah. and, and and here's the problem. It's like, it doesn't shift exactly where I want it to. This is the problem with DCT. It doesn't shift, it doesn't shift where Jimmy shifts. It shifts either here or here, or Jimmy would shift here, or or here and here, and Jimmy would shift here. And so it's not perfect. So I'm like going, kind of shift, you know, in the beginning. I'm going, kind of shift, shift. Oh, wait, wait. So why is it shift? It should shift you. You're doing this thing. And then after... Two hours on the bike, you are like care less. Yeah, you know, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. And then like when you go eventually, and I'm hoping I'm one. hoping the new one shifts where Jimmy would shift because that's the way it should shift.
3: You know, it's it's, it's going to learn good. your learn your uh, maybe a computer that'll learn your throttle application. Yeah. yeah, you know, I thought the
6: DCT I think helped me learn to shift the standard version too because especially on the 1100. The, the new African, there's so much to my thinking, so much more torque than the old one. Yeah. That if you're in what was it, tour mode, I think, on the DCT, it would bang through four or five gears before you even cross the intersection. Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I started doing on the manual is I was like, well, I remember what the DCT would do. I would bang through the gears really quick. Plenty of torque. And really? I, but it doesn't feel right because the really cool hands uh, aren't there. Here's, here's, a, here's the
2: thing for recluse clutches, by the way. This is what a recluse clutch will teach a normal rider. When I watch Guys that have never ridden a recluse. By the way, the only person that doesn't like a recluse clutch. You don't like a recluse, do you? I love them. Oh, you love them? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like a recluse clutch? You don't. Have you ever ridden with one? Yeah. M- very much. Uh, enough. Enough? Okay. That's really strange. All right, I like to have sc- next next show. I'm going to have you over sitting over here. We're going to discuss that. <laughs> but but the the you don't you don't. You know, I have an experience. I, I
3: raced with one a couple times and I didn't like it. Back to the old days. Yeah, it was the old days, yeah. Yeah, different. Yeah, new stuff is incredible. So, is it? Yeah.
2: So and that may be the case too. Oh, you, were you old days too? Yeah. You gave up on them when they were yeah. like they, they 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 well what they wouldn't. Four have, years they, ago. They four or five years ago. Should've been good back then. Yeah. 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 So so the funny thing is is when you when you watch guys that, that don't ride that have never ridden with a recluse or don't have one, you hear them. Rah, rah,
5: rah, 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 rah,
2: their their RPM is so high that that it's too much power when they finally let the clutch out and then it grabs and then they pull the clutch in, slip, 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 slip. It's on and off and on and off. And then you listen to the guy on the cruise it goes. Brrr. They sound like Graham Jarvis all of a sudden. They have incredible clutch control. And this kind of goes back to exactly what you're saying, is like you don't realize that you can upshift and let the, the truck I always say trust the torque. There's a lot of torque in that motorcycle and will pull you through. The the problem with that is on a Recluse, you can put it in fourth gear and it'll it'll clutch you out of the intersection like three or four times. You know, because it'll 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 and it'll slip the hell out of the clutch and it'll generate heat. You got to be in the right gear with a Recluse. That's the that's the difference. And like you said, with quick shifting and stuff, now it's it's amazing. Even the 390 has quick shift, which for us was funny. We were noticing the bike did a weird bog because our yeah. foot was touching the shift lever. Oh yeah. It, it happened. It happened to everybody, Is right? That, what's going on? I didn't okay. Yeah, no, I didn't. I you didn't know that. I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, few of us rode three ninety, and our foot touched the shift lever, and it activated quick shift, but we really didn't work shifting. And we're like, "Hey, where, where's this bog coming from? Because it, it's cutting the ignition." You,
4: when when you rode my nine ninety from my old shop, I forgot to tell you there was a quick shifter on it. No, you told us. No, I didn't. It was tell. An aftermarket one. You, I told you after you went running, you're like, "Hey, man, this thing cuts out." Oh, <laughs> yeah, and i right. like, "I forgot to tell you because your boot was tapping it, yeah, yeah. and it cut out." You have to kind of relearn how to how to shift right. right. You got to get down underneath it
2: and do it a purposeful pull through. Yeah. You can't just kind of play with it like you used to. You have to get under it. So, it, so know? I've learned that because of what I do with my feet and stuff like that, because I'm always ready to shift, and I might be just having it happily engaged. Some I I have a hard time riding with quick shift. It's brilliant when you just want to just like show everybody how bitching you are doing do 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 and, you're, doo, 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 and some shifts and stuff like that. But for me, off road, my foot's moving around and stuff like that, it's a, it's an awkward, awkward well, we, situation. Well, we
4: tested it on the race bike with Wes. Yeah. We went out to Palm Springs. I said, I said, let's go out and let's test with and without the quick shift. And we came back unanimously, quick shift is way better. And it, we raced, we did the whole Sonora rally with it. The only problem with that is you in rally mode, he he had a hard time in the dunes because the bike going up the dunes the bike would, would constantly roll off the throttle. So what we had to take the rear ABS sensor off and, and zip tie it back. Oh because oh, it wouldn't it wouldn't
2: allow the full, it wouldn't allow it wouldn't allow the, the wide open bang down you Yeah, yeah the, where you could do it with a clutch.
4: Yeah, the second day was like half dunes and he's like, hey man, I was really struggling with the bike. It just kept throttling me back, throttling me back. He was getting real frustrated. And yeah. So we took that off. The problem is on that bike. As soon as you do that, you lose quick shift. Yeah. As soon as there's a problem with ABS, it cuts quick shift. So he lost that, but he did like the quick shift because it's it did what it was a lot easier on the transmission. Yes. Um, and it was you know, but sometimes with boots it can get a little bit funky because you can't you have no feel. And he kept kind of you know sometimes you yeah. can bump them. And yeah, yeah you just tap it. You know.
2: Okay, I do remember that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it was your twelve ninety. You told me when I rode away. It's like, dude, it has a quick shift. Yeah, yeah, and that thing, that thing, once you want to loop out, <laughs> again, yeah. way too much horsepower, but uh, it was, it was, it was worth every penny. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, um, so overall, the 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 Honda. What do you guys think? <clears throat> uh, for the standard model,
3: I think they are headed in the right direction, and like I said, just looking at the bike and studying what they changed from the original version. I'm excited, I really hope, because because that bike out there is for a guy who's gonna go past 500 miles, more bigger trips. But for me, two three-day Baja trips or around here, I think a Africa 700 would be amazing. Uh, and, I'm, and I think, like I said, studying what they're changing on the bike, I think those parts that they've changed hopefully there's one behind the curtain that's gonna match. So, that's my, my bet, I'm thinking and hoping. But the bike's amazing, it, it has a dirt feel, that standard model. Um, I, uh, my video will explain everything, and it will we'll also find be on it. your I think, site. I think, uh,
2: yeah, I think uh, George posted that thing up, and then John, you've, you've ridden both of them, so you, okay. you probably have more time on them than both of us. Well, the standard version a lot of time
6: think have been yeah. doing a lot of camping trips on and actually you guys earlier were talking a lot of stuff you said earlier really reflects my thinking on it because the bike is almost fractured in a sense you're talking about how dual sports are sort of neither here nor there because yeah. well, they're mm-hmm. trying to be street and dirt yeah and that's what's so bizarre about this bike it was really tough for me to to put it in any one category because it has that dirt bike feel but at the same time it's you know it's got no heated grips, but it can send text messages. It's got a rally windscreen, <laughs> but a giant TFT with Bluetooth. It's got a yeah. dirt bike subframe, but cruise control. It's like, well, what is this thing? Yeah. So it kind of has aspects
2: of everything. <laughs> That's, and, and, <laughs> and I, I said I need a degree to learn how to do the fingerology Like, I, when I got on your bike, I rode it down. I went and rode through this little yeah. sand wash over there. I literally almost got stuck because yeah. the traction yeah. control kicked in. And I'm like, how do I turn it off? And, and, and I rolled in the thing and I'm like pushing buttons and I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I it. if you'd had 20 minutes, I could have explained it well, to you. Well, I came back <laughs> and I said, John, I might have messed up your thing because I pushed like 20 buttons and nothing happened, but my, something might have happened, but, you know, so hey, this is Once all you the, into this is all stuff we'll get into when did we start doing the full test. Did
3: that, navigating their software or? What at first, because
6: it's, it's 100% non-intuitive, so yes. Okay. I, the editor fortunately removed it, but I actually wrote here's an experience with the Apple Twin computer, and this is this long thing, and he took that out fortunately. But because um, the the interface, there's some very seriously non-intuitive aspects to it. But that sounds critical, but at the same time, I don't think it is. Because if you want, once you, that once you, features, but once you, you learn, learn, it's like it's like, like that, anything. So you know,
2: here's a problem and I always tell people: it's like you got to realize that we ride a lot of different bikes, right. and 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 we never get used to one. Right. You know, you might have your own. I mean. I have my own personal bikes, and, and it's funny. Over the last year and a half, I've got a chance to ride some of my personal bikes and really get them dialed in. I start liking them, and then I go ride something else that's a test bike. And I'm like, ah, oh. you know, it's not mine. The, the buttons aren't, the grips aren't, the handlebars aren't exactly where I want them. But when it's your bike, and you learn this, your thumb, your button pushing, your your routine becomes. Between well, the ride, ride
6: modes and the display modes, you've got 18 different screen options to play with, and amazing. within each one of those, there's a myriad of options buried in each one. Of, so it's, it's this morass of, and
2: you can configure the bike into anything. And it's awesome, you can configure it, and then, it's almost like your phones and stuff these days, the way you right. set up your apps and all this stuff. You configure it to your setting, and you probably don't change it much after that. Maybe you figure out your way to rifle through your exactly. three favorite, and then you're, there's you're a all... There's you're, you're a You're all... Yeah, and that's what he was telling me. He goes, oh, dude, I can tell you... you know, so he can tell me in eight minutes, he said... Now, okay. <laughs> in he could teach I distilled so. down. I, in the end of the thing, I, I
6: wrote that I distilled it down to three modes that I preferred. It was one for basic, sort of general riding, one for off road, and one for twisty pavement. Perfect. And in the end, after going through all this stuff and playing with the that, settings, I found like these are the three things that the bike is distinctly different. And
2: I kind of always chose between those three. That's modes. You, you said about a way to set up a bike. That'd be the thing. I'd, I'd have, I'd have a, a twisty pavement, a cruising, and an off road. That's exactly yeah. Yeah, so so it's, it's on my hyper-sport mode, you know, whatever, yeah. but yeah. So where to put it? It's It depends on,
6: you, you can kind of configure it to what you want it to be. It's not a touring bike like a GS. It's not a off-road aggressive thing like a 1090. I'm going in a leader bike in a, a right. class. But it kind of has aspects of both of those, and it depends on how you tune the computer. So it's, it's a tough one to play. I will give
3: a nugget to you. Uh, Jimmy is... Uh we took the 790 and the Honda back to back on a bombed out fire road, and uh, all three of us liked the Honda suspension over the 790. Oh wow! I'm now I'm and, super excited. And I was shocked. I was like, <laughs> "Are you serious?" Because Freddie spent the money. Yeah,
2: yeah <laughs> he he bought the route. Well, that so it's like, like that, should that, to have that should that should piss me off in one aspect yeah. and then excite me in the other. But, but, the, but it was that's that's where, that's where we start talking about it. yes, more more so comfort, soft. comfort, yeah. comfort. Yeah. comfort. Exactly. yeah, I don't want to say softer because it's funny because softer is term softer as terminology mm-hmm. is, yeah, is bad. True. yeah true. It's not it's not good about yeah. bad. It's, it is it is oh, softer. Gosh. It's more mm-hmm. plush. It's more but plush can be bad. The old bike did feel. Wallowing
6: me. It was way, way soft. It was genuinely soft, I thought, at least on the adventure sports version. Whereas the new one, I guess they've redone the spring rate, the damping, and changed the amount of oil yeah. and all kinds of stuff where it uses the travel better now.
4: Hmm. What about a set? like nobody ever talks about aesthetics? They talk about suspension, they talk about these other things, mm-hmm. we got all these different bikes. I mean aesthetics.
2: That's an important thing for people because, you know, know. you're ugly, and you're ugly, and your mother ugly, and your sister ugly, you just plain old ugly.
5: (laughs) Well, I don't
2: look at my bike when I'm riding it, which is probably different than most people. Like, I mean, like, sometimes I see people adjusting their mirrors so they can look at themselves and look at their bike, but I don't do that, so I don't (laughs) care. You have to look at me, so that aesthetics is important to you and not Mm -hmm. me. Well, I mean, it's it, or you see dust. I just What's never that?
4: hear anyone talk about aesthetics, and there's like that showroom thing, and we're talking about you, and yeah, yeah. you can get back into that bubble of like, this is what you care about, but aesthetics yeah. are an important thing to something. people. I look at that.
3: I, yeah. I actually, to go back to the the KTM of what Heather said, the the way the mount is with the dash on the KTM, it bugs me. It, it, as I'm riding and I'm turning and that things, it kind of, it doesn't rattle, but it it's there where the Honda is built in mm-hmm. and I'm used to that. That uh like an and, and when I yeah, when I, I look at the Yamaha, there's certain yeah, ways to look, look like at it, I do not like All it. Goes yeah. into it the like light. you like you
2: said, well you said chopper like. Yeah. You know, there's a certain look to it. it. it's almost like they they've got those panels on the side of the gas tank that sort of make it look like it's an aluminum frame ish thing, but and then this big <laughs> black thing. I don't I don't really like the way the spike looks, but there's certain ways I can look at it three quarter angle on the front and I go, that looks good. And the headlights look really good. But yeah. um and there but there's the KTM is like it's just gonna Argh! It's gnarly and aggressive and Yeah, they, they failed
4: miserably on the headlight as far as I'm concerned. I'm totally willing to say that out loud. Yeah. It just stops that 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 sort okay. of it, They like, just they should have brought it together somehow, even if it was just some yeah. thin stuff, they should have brought it together. The aftermarket companies did it and it, they make they made an improvement, but they you know, it's a lot of people like you look at the Facebook groups and there's a lot of guys that are just posting these these glamour pictures of their bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as much as you wanna make fun of that, that's a customer too. No, no, no,
2: that I, reason. Make fun, make fun of me for not looking at my motorcycle or bringing a dirty motorcycle
6: into your shop, by the way. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing, I, it's funny you mentioned aesthetics, is in the Africa Twin thing, given it's so configurable between the dirt and street worlds, one of the opinions that came up with is just the idea that it might even boil down to purely aesthetics, because when you buy the bike, you can kinda of just
2: push enough buttons to sorta of tune it to the Trendy. type of riding you wanna make, <laughs> make it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going. I think that's where uh, ideally, you know, every, every, every manufacturer has a different system. Yamaha's probably in the minimalist size with this bike. Uh, KTM has a certain amount. Honda's like way out there and BMW has a whole bunch of different stuff and there's a lot of, and it just might be the point where you can, and that's pitching that you can say, hey, I want a little more aggressive. I can push this button and, and, and as it gets better, it'll get better, so. Um, yeah, I think we've been gone long, gone yeah. long in this one, huh? We killed yeah. your computer. Kill, we killed your computer. Two hours. Yeah, two hours. Well, it's because adventure bikes are big, and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. But uh, I'd like to thank um, Chris for having us in here. Thanks again. Yeah. Uh, the tequila thank is really us. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, John for stopping by. Berm Cannon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. diaries. you, I was, I, you yeah. didn't say anything that was that uh, you're not going to get in too much trouble for. I don't think. No, no, Uh, but I always could do it, I mean, talk about... (laughs) Tell them where they can go watch your Husky video, the one where you like the... Just go uh,
3: look up Burn Cannon, uh, Burn Cannon Adventure on YouTube, and um, I have some new videos dropping this week, Uh, we just got done...
2: The Africa Twin video? Yeah,
3: and we just got done exploring uh, Maricopa over to Santa Barbara, the Los Padres mountain range. Oh, really Um, cool. And actually, a story I wanted to share with you because this is, we all have things that happen to us on the trail, but we were going across the uh, Taft area and it's the plains up there. Carrizo? Carrizo plains, thank you. You're knowledgeable of that (laughs) area. So uh, I'm riding and I'm standing up and it's beautiful. It's all just prairie land, it's all dried out. Um, Beautiful sky Um, and we stopped to take some photos coming around this turn, and I feel this gnarly zzz, 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 like this Oh, buzzing. Bumblebees, yeah.
2: And I'm like, what? And,
3: and I, saw know, I saw like, something
2: today where you had a picture of a big
3: bumblebee sting. Yeah. So I take my ja- uh, my Alpine Stars jacket off. I'm whipping this thing around. I'm like, oh, because it feels like it's trying to attack me. Yeah. And Freddie's up the road. And he's all "Come on!" Because he's waiting. He's waiting. He's got camera. and He's like, "Come around the corner." You're getting naked. No, I'm just naked whipping this photo, thing around. Right. So I pick my jacket up, put it back on, and I—it's still on me. And I—I I slap this thing down. I'm like, "What the hell?" So Freddie comes around the corner. The bumblebee went into one of the underarm vent uh-huh. oh. and actually went between the mesh and the outer <laughs> shell and he was stuck in there. So in the video, you see me and Freddie uh, surgically cut the Alpine Stars jacket and everybody's <laughs> like, oh, you're cutting the jacket. <laughs> so we cut this thing out and we walk him through the jacket and he comes <laughs> out and you can hear me in the background going, <laughs> it or, you know. <laughs> so, that was
2: Bobby. Yeah, you. So yeah, mobile You, you watch you, you it. <laughs> <that laughs> <crushed laughs> it, but I didn't want that his guts nice. in my Alpine yeah. Stars jacket, and <laughs> or his or his active stinger when his body dies Exactly. Right. That, right. that thing was the, a yeah. side, It was yeah. like this big oh. coming out of the jacket. So uh, again, thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Mark, for coming on. Thanks uh, to Recluse for supporting us. Thanks to Climb. Climb makes. Uh, the best motorcycle gear out there, that's all and I and have. And casual, yeah. casual gear. casual <laughs> gear. Winning, yeah, you're wearing it too. Um, and to KTM, and I can't do this as good as you, and and this is the way it goes. Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road motorcycle manufacturer. With North American headquarters located in where? Murrieta. California. Murrieta. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation oh, as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world. And the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product developed and every move it makes. Kind of like sponsoring this janky little podcast where you just go dive into other people's shops and have really good content. And I'd like to thank our in guest crowd for showing up for us. Uh, Like I said, share this if you uh, you like it. Tell other people about it. Every episode has, you'll learn something and Maybe you watch us have a beer or a tequila at the same time. Uh, with that, we're going to say one, two, three,
0: cheers. cheers. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure.